Talk Live, 1-800-259-9231. And we are coming to you live Saturday night. You don't see that a lot in uh, Talk Radio Live weekend shows. But we're here in the studio taking your calls, and it's a, it's, it's a show about whatever you want to talk about. However, uh, you know, it's the top of the show, so we got to, I don't know, stick the people to the ste- ceiling here with uh, our oh, radical opinions. Uh, this is Mark with you. And Gard. Yeah, well, um, Gardner, we, uh, this week we've had uh, big things big things happen in September 11th. Anniversary, and of course they had the uh, the National Service Summit in New York City to talk on nine eleven itself. Yeah, yeah, it's quite a coincidence. <laughs> what a, what a better way to talk about nine eleven than uh, to remember what John McCain said about uh, three weeks before when he was talking with Rick Warren after nine eleven we didn't do enough we didn't we weren't charitable enough oh gee really I was I thought they People gave in mass numbers. Well, apparently, yeah, to the so way to they remember, gave to the point that the Red Cross yeah. became so bloated they were spending it on office equipment and stuff. So the way to remember 9-11 is not to remember that the United States government failed to protect people, the civilians of America, but instead say that Americans don't do enough for national service. Perfect. Well, I don't think that, as far as protecting, I think that you, uh, there, there's some defense to that statement. Mm-hmm. How can one protect oneself or one's nation against people that are willing to kill themselves hey. in order to get you? You know what I thought was a great point? When Ron Paul got up there in front of the uh, convention that he had over in uh, Minneapolis. And uh, the, the Rally for the Republic, the for which the is Republic. going along at the same time as the Republican National Convention. Of Funny, it didn't get a lot of coverage. Yeah, strange. Also thousands that, and thousands of people there. Yeah, also peculiar that Ron Paul, who had more uh, convention delegates than some of the people who were invited to speak, like Fred Thompson and Rudy Giuliani, yeah. was As a excluded. Fact, he, whooped, we, he whooped Rudy Giuliani's, uh, you know, let's take it to the terrorists. He whipped him yeah. in several states. Oh, damn right. And you know what's fascinating to me? He had to hire out that place, filled it with 18,000 people. One of the nicest things that I heard him say was remembering what happened in 9-11. He said, can you imagine if the airlines were able to decide if they wanted to have guns aboard the plane do you think people would have tried to take over those planes and even if they had tried do you think they would have been successful i think with pretty much 90 percent surety they wouldn't have even made the attempt because yeah, they I would think have that, known i think the one restriction should be for the at least for the airline that i chose to fly on that they use um they, you you can bring your gun but you have to have subsonic rounds so that uh, so they're they less likely pierce. to pierce the hull sure um not that hull piercing is like it is in the movies i mean mm-hmm. everyone isn't, isn't sucked out a pinhole um yeah. and you know like you see on uh on the movies, that's yeah. ludicrous. Yeah. There's some depressurization. It only happens in the Twilight Zone when John Lithgow or William Shatner is flying. I'm never going to fly with either one of those guys, man. No way. Not I, a chance. I love William Shatner. Oh, man. He tickles the crap Shatner. Me. So, yeah. So, here we are, 9-11, uh, just passed a few days ago, Mark. It's great to be here with you, by the way, on Free Talk Live. And, uh, and, and it just strikes me, this is the way that the two major candidates for the parties are... Remembering 9/11 by right, talking about how both of them how, were there. Yeah, at the, at the national service. So summit. they go to the, yeah, and they're at this summit. First, they stop by and drop off some flowers at the site where 3,000 people were killed, mm-hmm. uh, and, and of course, 3,000 people were killed, and the United States government uh, didn't prevent it. So what do we have to do? Of course, rely on the United States government to protect us even more. Uh, or rely on them even more. So then they have this national service thing. And and what is the end result of it? Americans have to do more working through government for their neighbors. You know, when I think about 9-11 and I think about, uh, you know, the, the, what, what comes to me are a couple of points is I feel like the attacks that were perpetrated on 9-11 by those terrorists, those, uh, those criminals, were 
instigated by the United States government's foreign policy of you know intervention in the Middle East, uh, yeah. getting meddling in people's business. That's I what feel Osama like bin Laden said. That's it what he didn't said. have to do with Osama our culture. Osama bin Laden is the half-brother of the guy who's currently the king in Saudi Arabia. We're supporting a king, everybody. Uh, we fought <laughs> a war against one a couple hundred years ago, but uh, forget that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the half-brother. I'll bet you Osama bin Laden, this was before his uh, father died, um, mm-hmm. King Has- this King Hassan currently, King Fahd died, mm-hmm. uh, he, I bet he wanted to be king. And I'll sure. bet you that he knew that he couldn't be king with the United States poking around over there. So he said, I'll get the United States out, I'll scare them out, and I'll do that by attacking civilians that had nothing to do with it. And, of course, the way he recruited people, and I've tried to tell this to, to the typical Republicans out there, uh, the way he recruited people for 9-11 has nothing to do with what Sarah Palin said to Charlie Gibson, that uh, there are, there is a group of people out there who just hate us. Well, there are a lot of people who hate us. We're uh, giving them credence. Sarah, I but, mean, uh, you cannot fight a war without right. killing innocent people. That's, the, that's what they call exactly. collateral damage. And any factual analysis will show you the way that Osama bin Laden recruited people to kill the American civilians who were killed... We're not talking about imagine people in the future that you worry about that what happened and how it was perpetrated was he used our presence in the Middle East, the foreign policy of the United States government presidents in the Middle East, not my presence. Right. And the other thing that I think about on 9-11 is I think about who won. Did the terrorists who Great supposedly point. want to take our freedom away, because I really don't believe the terrorists, um, that the vast majority of them want to you know, hate America, uh, Coca-Cola, Britney Spears, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I think there are those people out there, but I think that most of them just hate America the way um, the government is you know, using its military to push its weight around around the world, yeah. especially in the Middle East. And they – who won? You know, did the terrorists who want to take our freedom away win, or did uh, you know, the United States – you know, Go we all stand together, united. Yeah. Did, did we? Did, did the United yeah. States win? Clearly, to me, if you look at, especially bringing back around to to this very thought of the seventh anniversary and what the presidential candidates did, uh, it seems to me that if they wanted to further us along towards a police state in the United States to destroy the system of government governance that the founding fathers gave us the idea of federalism individual liberty protected to a certain extent under the federalist structure uh the terrorists really outfoxed all those guys because they're buying right into their plans and this goes this is a message for conservatives folks if you look at the course of things since 9/11 do you think that you've gotten closer or further away from the things that you feared oh i don't know say the mark of the beast for the evangelicals out there national id card beware of the foreigners because we've got to keep them out. Oh, by the way, if anybody thinks the United States government's activities were the things that have prevented further al-Qaeda attacks, I highly doubt it. I think that if al-Qaeda wanted to get us now, they could. And yet we have the presidential candidates saying we need to serve our country more. We need to have a bigger police state. 800-259-9231. You know, um, I'm of the same opinion. The 9-11 commission that met said that the United States got a D as far as protecting its citizens currently. Like right then. That was several years after 9-11 that they were getting a D. So the idea that somehow we've prevented uh, any kind of future terrorist attacks after 9-11 to me doesn't hold water because the 
9-11 commission said that there was, it was, you know, we were performing poorly. But you, but you know, Mark, this goes right into what George Orwell warned, warned us against, perpetual war. The idea of, and I think this is, this is where we've gone. You look at John McCain's speech. Okay, let's take it in sequence over the past couple now, of weeks. Orwell would have been considered a conservative at his time, by the way. But I, I think conservatism has morphed into this sort of jingoist nationalist thing. Uh, they're, they're not so concerned about small government like they used to be. Oh, sure, we want small government when it comes to taking care of poor people, but we don't want small government when it comes to perpetual war. Well, you know what's fascinating is uh, 1984 is one of the greatest books against fascism slash collectivism slash socialism slash communism, and they're all on the same side of the coin. You either have yeah. individual liberty or you have the state taking over for fascistic reasons based on a national pride and things like that, or for communistic socialistic reasons based on class. The process is the same. The government takes over or regulates private businesses to such an extent that they have no freedom and the individual is subsumed beneath the mass collective and this is where i'd love to go with this mark uh and i think that if you look at what we have been doing since 9-11 under our government and the way the government has grown whether it's uh through the expansion of fisa through the lifting of habeas corpus uh through the patriot act posse comitatus has been uh, posse, eliminated absolutely you can now uh, they can now operate the united states military inside the borders of the united states brilliant point it, they, as a matter of fact they did so during hurricane katrina they had national guardsmen um, and uh military guys going house to house confiscating people's guns. Absolutely. And I think people have got to wake up and realize that if you're a patriotic person and you're rooting for America, in quotes, and you're seeing John McCain talking about how we have to serve America, I'm no longer my own man, I'm an American, uh, the America you might be serving today is not the one the founders created. 1-800-259-9231. Please call in and tell us how crazy we are um, at this, you know, seventh anniversary of uh, September 11th. That's 1-800-259-9231. Mark and Gardner with you. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's Free Talk Live here, live on a Saturday night with Mark with you and Garn. And uh, while you're uh, listening to the show, you can go to uh, boat.freetalklive.com and vote for us in the podcast polls. We're number one awesome. currently, but uh, certainly you, you can't be do, you know can't be too far in those polls. And Travel less and meet online. Try WebEx for free. Go to WebEx.com, enter promo code 600, that's 600, to start your free trial of WebEx today. That's W-E-B-E-X dot com, enter promo code 600, start your free trial of WebEx today. Sounds good. Well, it's it's a show um, about your calls, and it looks like we got some calls here. Doug in Tampa. Doug, are you there? Hello. Hello, Hello. sir. Hey, Doug. How are you guys doing? Well, sir. Hey, I was just I was just listening to your show, and uh, you guys seem uh, pretty knowledgeable. I'm 39 Try. years old, and uh, my life really hasn't changed 10 years before, 10 years after September 11th. Uh, I'm still doing the same old stuff, you know, nothing spectacular. However, I do feel a little bit safer now that the uh, you know the government has, I don't know, thwarted is the right term, but uh, prevented any more attacks uh, on U.S. soil. And, you know, everything that goes on overseas, especially in Israel, of course we're going to get um, uh, people over there that hate us. Obviously, we've got to drop bombs every now and then to keep uh, people in check. 
Uh, and, you know, if somebody dropped a bomb on my family, you can bet that, you know, I'm going to be a terrorist at some future state trying to uh, get some sort of retribution for the attack on me. But, you know, that kind of comes with being the uh, the global cop that we are. Well, how did we get the, the – I guess, I guess I'm looking at this from a rights theory sort of standpoint. How did we get the right to tell other people how to run their countries? Well, uh, I can I can sympathize with that um, theory, but when you when you're looking at stuff in a global at, uh, atmosphere, you can't have one country try and impose its will on somebody else. When you've got everything stems around Israel, when you've got four or five, six different countries trying to take out a, a whole country that we created back in 1944. Whenever we created Israel, um, and that, which would destabilize the whole region, you got to pick a side. Well, and, well destabilization you know, is one of those uh, you know buzzwords. I feel like for uh, people that want to grow the size of government, well, we're destabilized. We must send in people, bureaucrats, and if if we need to, we'll send in bureaucrats with guns. I, I don't I don't like those buzzwords. I like to talk about the, you know the issues as they really are. And I am of the opinion that uh, Israel's responsible for Israel's future, and the United States responsible for the United States' future. Well, and you know those those Middle East countries they're responsible for their own. And I think that Israel's held in check personally by the United States. I think they could handle their position in the Middle East just fine. You know what? You're absolutely right on that. We are holding Israel in check because guarantee you. They will not pull any punches about dropping a nuke on four or five different countries over there. So you're right. We are keeping them in track. And if we, and if we let them off the hook they, and they're attacked again, I guarantee you they will not have any issues dropping nukes on people that are threatening their, uh, their, you know, their lives. Yeah. Well, I don't know they what they will... do uh, as far as dropping nukes. I hope nobody ever drops any nukes again. I think that I uh, Hiroshima um, and Nagasaki were, uh, you know, terrible, terrible things. And I, I don't want to live in a world where bombs are, you know, nuclear bombs are getting dropped on people. But I, I think that if they do decide to do that, they need, that way Israel needs to handle the repercussions of having done such an well, act. The whole, the whole world will reap those repercussions. The whole world. So How we so? are, in effect... Do you mean keeping Israel in check by helping to defend and, and stabilize that region? And unfortunately for us, uh, it, it's all coming back on us, and we're getting you know. How's the, how is the whole world going to um, reap re, re, you know the, the problems of Israel dropping uh, nuclear weapons? If assuming they did such a thing, I don't know that they would. Well, I mean, you've got China, you've got North Korea, you've got Russia, all with vested interest in the Middle East. The bad guys. We've got, mes- we've got vested interest, interest in the Middle East. You've got mm-hmm. Pakistan, which is a nuclear country, uh, India, which is a nuclear country. So uh, the, Middle East, is- the Middle Eastern countries themselves and the companies that are there, they sell products and services to right. other countries right. and other businesses. I have a vested interest in the grocery store that I go to on a weekly basis. Do you think I should stand outside with a gun and shoot people I think don't, I don't like? No, right. no. See, absolutely. We should do business with these right. con- uh, countries and not there just is, go in and, and you know stand guard over the dictators that happen to be in control. There's a marked right. difference well, between a vested interest and national security, a threat to the United States Constitution or the people living under the uh, underneath the uh, dominance of the United States government. A vested interest, uh, I had a conversation with a radio host one time and I said, so let's say that people in South Yemen don't want to sell us some of the incredibly important minerals 
uh, that uh, were are necessary for some of our military hardware and other things and high technology in the United States, does that give the United States government the okay to go in and invade? And clearly it doesn't. Um, if someone doesn't want to sell to you, it doesn't give you permission to go in and invade. And I think, unfortunately, um, a lot of people think that we have a vested interest there and therefore it's a national security interest. Ever since uh, our ties with Israel became stronger to try to fight communism, I think people have walked along that path a little bit too much and they need to reassess this because by continuing to stay in the Middle East for all of these reasons that we've stated, either to try to keep Israel in check so they don't go crazy in their in their defense and cause all sorts of repercussions, we're tying ourselves in there closely, more and more closely, and of course we're losing our liberties, we're losing our finances, going into fighting more and more wars all over the place, and I think it's a bad idea. Well, let's use that same example of grocery store. Let's say you are doing business with that grocery store, and you, you're pretty friendly with the owner, but uh, he's taking on a partner, and part of that partner is attacking your friendly, your, your your friends or family in the neighborhood. You know, but you still want to do business in there, but because of this other partner that he's gotten on, uh, he's you know attacking friends and family. What are you going to do? Well, if he's attacking the, my friends and my family, I'm believe me, if he's attacking my family, he's going to be dealing with uh, the repercussions. But um, you know, it's, right. I, I, you know, I'm I'm armed, man. I'm going to take care of that guy. <laughs> But I don't think that but, but it doesn't it doesn't work the same way with a nation because this is a nation of 300 million people and the I there some of them are Islamic some of them are Jewish some of them are you know just plain old white bread folks like uh, me and to to take the tax money of some of these people and to just decide what the foreign policy is going to be out of hand. I'm kind of with Thomas Jefferson when he said um, that we should have trade and commerce with all nations, but entangling alliances with none. Right. And I'm of the opinion that those 131 um, nations that, we're, that we have troops in and over 700 military bases outside of the United States, I kind of think those are tangling alliances. Well, you guys are very knowledgeable. This is actually the first time that I've actually heard your show, and uh, I'm actually pretty impressed. I always like hearing the... Uh the other side. About, I wish that I was guys. the other side um, because then you know people often uh, smear me with a term liberal, but I like to. Be- I believe in liberty. I believe that. Uh, I believe in the concepts of the founding fathers. I believe that every man is free, and it's only governments that take away those freedoms. And I believe in small government. I don't believe in you know taking care of uh, you know poor people because they can't take take care of themselves or whatever it is that the liberal standpoint is. So. Just yeah. want to clear that up, Doug. And especially, I'm gonna... Doug, uh, especially I just want to mention, you know, tying in with what Mark said, since no one has a claim on my neighbor or the fruits of my neighbor's labor, I certainly shouldn't be saying that this particular country is more important than that particular country, and therefore I'm going to forcibly take my neighbor's money to uh, go fight a war or take my neighbor's son and go fight a war with it. That's sort of my standpoint. 800-259-9231. Your calls about 9-11 or whatever you want to talk about. It's Free Talk Live with Gardner and Mark. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's Free Talk Live coming to you live on Saturday night. It's Mark with you and Guard with you. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh 
I wanted to tell you to go to shrine.freetalklive.com and check out all the uh, Shrine of Female listeners there. Lots of uh, ladies that have proven that they listen to the show. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And I've been taking this uh, vitamin supplement, uh, dietary supplement kind of thing called the Dexy 20 I've been taking it for about six weeks now, and I have lost more than five pounds. And I'm excited about it. I can tell that it makes uh, that it causes me to eat less. It's an appetite wow. suppressant. But the thing about it is, it doesn't make you weird like most of those diet pills do. You know how they have all the stimulants in yeah, them and, and the you freak out stuff. Yeah, it doesn't have that. So it's just a vitamin combination that, that it's, reduces it's, your it, actually, interest. Actually, it's some kind of cactus from India, oh, Cataluma or something like that. Oh. But it's working. And you can get Dexy 20 at um, most drugstores. You can get it at Walgreens, uh, GNC. You can get it at uh, CVS. And uh, you can also get it at diet.freetalklive.com. That's DexC20. Okay, let's get back into uh, some of these uh, these calls we have here. Yeah, seem to have inspired some controversy talking about how much we're sacrificing well, since 9/11, aren't we, Mark? I just want well, I just want to uh, you know discuss the issues with people, and from an educated standpoint, uh, critical thinking. That's I what like I like. It. So let's talk to Rick in Tampa, calling on WFLA. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, hey, Rick. Hey, good program. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, I just wanted to uh, talk a little bit about 9-11 and, uh, you know, how it affected me personally. And okay. it has changed a lot of things, you know, since uh, I'm actually in the airline industry. So, ah. you know, it affects a lot of people there. Well, in congratulations, on, uh, congratulations no, on surviving, despite the fact the United States government has done virtually everything that they can to wipe you guys out. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, and that's something. Yeah, it was McCain that called all the United pilots a bunch of cowards for asking yes. for a pay raise. Yeah. So. Yeah, but uh, that's beside the point. Anyways, uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, at the very beginning of the program, you said something about subsonic rounds or something from pilots carrying guns or I would, something I, like I that. I just said that if uh, if an airline if airlines were free to uh, allow people to you know bring guns onto airplanes, which I'm I'm sure they're not. I bet the t- TSA wouldn't like that at all. If airlines were free to say that that was so, that uh, I would stipulate as an airline that they only uh, you know use subsonic rounds in their guns yeah. in order to not uh, less be less right. likely to pierce the and ball. that was all contingent on on the point that ron paul made which i thought was incredibly valid uh from any logical or uh, philosophical standpoint that you have a right to defend yourself and uh, only if you voluntarily give up that right should you somehow be disarmed so if you want to work with an airline and an airline wants to allow guns on the plane it's their policy you're free to co- contract them with them or not but right now we're not because regulations are stepping on what are supposedly sacred rights as enshrined in the constitution I think it's disgusting. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you to a point there. You know, it's, it's surprising how many people that actually do carry guns on airplanes these days. All federal law enforcement officers are 24-7 on duty, and they're all authorized to carry firearms on airplanes. Now, none of the passengers are, gonna, are going to know, hopefully, who these people are sitting right. there. Uh, in addition to that, uh, you have you know federal air marshals, of course, which are always undercover, and then you have flight, federal flight deck officers, which are armed pilots. And you know, so, you uh, know, Rick, you know what gets my goat? If I had a goat, uh, since nine eleven, <laughs> you know, we've had this incredible expansion of the federal powers, the very powers that they already had and they didn't use properly to save yes. three thousand people. So then they say, hey, we screwed up. Give us more power. And then what happens? Well, they bring in unionized unionized employees at the TSA who are forcibly making women rip piercings from their chests, out of their yeah. chests, bleeding and so on. And then you get 
studies from people like ABC well, it's News. It's driving down air traffic. Um, from what I understand, passenger domestic passenger travels uh, down almost 20%. Well, it's certainly and international not travels down over 20%. There's, and there's a ripple effect. You get uh, things like ABC News where they study out in California. One airport actually has privatized security. For some reason, I don't know how they do it. They've got like 90-some percent of the uh, bombs that the, the uh, bomb-like substances that ABC tried to put through, they catch. The, the other side of it, not 76% so much with the they don't. Exactly. Then you have yeah. things like the delays in the airlines, and every, all of these politicians blame delayed flights on the airlines, and, the, and they say, well, we need an airline passenger's bill of rights. So the airlines will be fined if they are over a certain amount late or if they keep people on the tarmac for a certain period of time. In the meantime, they can't get people on their planes because there aren't enough TSA people in the government security systems to be able to get them out to the planes. So you yeah. guys in the airlines are seen as the bad guys when the government is, is mucking up the whole works. Right. Well, that's exactly true. The airlines are the most regulated industry and, and absolutely the most taxed industry in the entire world. You know, I think the tax burden on an airline is something like 25% of your ticket. You know, it's unbelievable. I wouldn't doubt it at all. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's uh, really close to being uh, accurate. I, I and, would uh, bet it would be more. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, well, maybe now, you know, with uh, you know the extra add-ons with well, for TSA. You're probably just talking like about the taxes the airline pays, you know, as an airline. But when you think about all of its employees and the taxes they have to pay for, you know, insuring um, in, the employees as far as uh, you know unemployment insurance and uh, workers' comp and all those other taxes that go in, in yeah. as far as payments, I would I would imagine it's more. But well, so it's a huge. Yeah. All yeah, taxes well, trickle down here. to the consumer. Yeah. And right. me, yeah, they have to pass it along or they don't make money with like they are now. Yeah. Rick, let me ask you a quick yes, question. Sir. Um, you know, I was uh, I did some quick study of the uh the way that the federal government took over the airlines which started in the 1920s with the United States Postal Service. They had lighted air routes mm-hmm. before they used radar, so they would look at these poles every few miles and they'd use VFR. And then after that, uh Roosevelt got heavily involved and he started to hand out huge amounts of money to politicians who would support him and all of a sudden these airports started sprouting up in these weird places. And then they started mm-hmm. to regulate the routes. Now they right. regulate security, and it's incredible to think that they've got the audacity to tell me that if I were to work privately to get them out of the way to work in a constitutional fashion to stop the federal government from doing this this sort of thing, just because they say the planes go over state borders, they've got an excuse to regulate. It's bogus. If I were to do something privately with a private airline, I don't have the power to be able to do that because they've got to protect me. They failed. They already failed. And also, someone mentioned before that the federal government has done so many things to stop terrorism, our earlier caller. Uh, If you actually look at those things that have happened, uh, the guys they nailed for trying to bring down a building in Chicago, they found them in Florida, uh, they had to let them go. They couldn't prosecute those guys. Uh, the guys for the uh, um, the uh, military base in New Jersey, they weren't allied with al-Qaeda. All these types of things. Do you think that the government is, is really protecting us anymore now after 9-11? Or do you think that it's just because I think it's because the terrorists have decided that they, they, haven't, they haven't been inclined to nail us in a big way? Or maybe they're involved in Iraq. Yeah. Well, you know, I have to, I, I think I, I think I agree with about 50% of what you said. I okay. mean, you know, there, there has been improvements and it's things that, that you probably won't see. It's behind the, the curtains and, you know, things like a lot of it makes, it doesn't make any sense, but some of it does. And, uh, uh-huh. were the improvements, so, you know, were the improvements made by the airlines themselves or were they made by the federal no. government? 
No, no, I don't think. Well, the airlines, actually, there has been improvements made by the airlines. For instance, the reinforced cockpit door, it was the airlines that came up with that yeah, idea. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second barrier on some of the aircraft. Some aircraft are too small to be able to do that with or not, you know, structurally uh, sound in the back where they need to put the second barrier. But if you ever fly on a 767 and you see the pilots come out for their crew meals or to go to the bathroom, right. there's a second barrier that comes up. It's impossible to get through both of those doors mm. to the cockpit, you know. Yeah, and but, so, the, uh, uh, but the federal rules uh, say how um, pilots can carry their weapons and, you know, how difficult it is, how they have to secure it at certain times. And there was a discharge a couple of months ago because yep. they, they had to use a trigger lock, which shouldn't have been used on this particular type of weapon. And yep. it's these one-size-fits-all rules that just don't make much sense. Yeah, I agree. There's always room for improvement, but uh, and and there's a lot of things. Boy, I would change if I was in charge of the world, right? But uh, <laughs> well, no, I mean, we have to, uh, you know. I mean, there's certain things like, for instance, you know, I was all in favor of uh, putting two two guns in every cockpit and just giving the guys enough training, give them a code to open it up in case something happens. Well, mm-hmm. you can't do that legally. You know, you can't do that legally because. You know, even even uh, law enforcement officers have to be trained with an individual gun with an individual um, uh, coat. I mean, an individual serial number. See, the, this is copy, this if, is what doesn't make any sense to me. With a new serial number, you yeah, have to get requalified with that's it. That's right? that's a silly law. And here's the reason: if there's some guy with a with um, a weapon trying to take over the plane, I don't care whether I've been trained with the gun or not. Give me my chance to fight him off with it. Yeah. Rick, I appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Free talk live. Call in about, well, talk about whatever you want. Free Talk Live coming to you live this Saturday night. It's Mark with you. And Garn. And uh, you can give us a call about and whatever you want to talk about. We've been t- sort of talking about 9-11, terrorism, and uh, the presidential candidates, and national service, and all those things combining into one. But uh, you can call in about whatever you'd like to call about. It's uh, 1-800-259-9231, the call-in uh, numbers. And what if a socialist became the president of the United States of America? President Barack Obama? John McCain? The North American Union unconstitutional gun and drug laws, national ID card. What's your trigger point? If it happens, what will you do? The Free State Project participants choose what event will trigger their move to New Hampshire to join the fight for freedom. Check it out at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. And uh, let's get right into the calls, Gardner. Are you ready? Absolutely right. Um, I love that hypothetical. What if a socialist became president? (laughs) (laughs) What if the United States government became socialist? Wow. I think it's time to move then. (laughs) Let's take uh, Jason in Minnesota. Jason? Hello, gentlemen. How are you? Jason. What's up? Doing fine. Thank you. Well, I was calling because uh, I I wanted to disagree respectfully uh, in regards to the opening comments uh, regarding what the objective of the terrorists was on 9-11. Okay. Um, I don't know that I, I make a, I'm not going to – I'm not making an assertion that I know what those guys uh, – assuming that those guys are the ones that did it. I, I, I think you said uh, it in a way that maybe reflects a lot of people's thinking that, you know, they did it to change our way of life, uh, to, to take away our freedoms. And, right. And, That's uh, supposedly uh, what a lot of the conservatives okay. are saying, that they – 
they uh, they they want to destroy America, which I find quite interesting, or they want to well, they want to take down our way of life or something. And so, tell us what you think. It's possible. Who knows? That you know, I think I think what we were talking about was if they wanted to get us into a totalitarian state, then they're pushing us that way very easily. Understood. Well, here's here. Let's start like this, okay? Number one, they hate, and 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 not only. Okay, let's do it this way. They hate Israel most of all. I'd say that they that's uh, pretty pretty roundly. Okay. Yeah. They hate Christians second, and by extension, that means they hate America. Well, I think and they thirdly, hate. I think they hate Israel because they felt like um, it was a piece of land unfairly taken away from Muslims and given to Jews. And well, I don't that, think that, that I don't think that that, that sort of can, holds that true. That can go back all the way to Old Testament days of men. Right, right, and, and of that, course that has been going on for forever. Right, and we could get but, into a religious conversation too as to how much the Quran right. supports the killing of infidels and things like that. Yeah. Right, but not only do they hate Jews, and not only do they hate Christians, but they hate each other. They fight amongst themselves right. all the time. Well, not mo- the vast majority of them don't, and the leaders of many, many of these uh, backwater little third, third world countries like to fight with each other. I mean, look at Africa. I think what you're talking about there is one of the problems with, of colonialism. If you look at the nations in the world that have straight lines... Do you understand what I'm talking about? How Iraq has a bunch of straight lines. It's drawn this funny little shape, yeah, but it's all those, straight lines. Those, those are divvied up. Right. Yeah. If you look uh, at the nations the with years. straight lines, you'll find the nations that have contention. The nations are at war all the time. The ones that have evolved, sort of uh, naturally came, come about, you don't see nearly the problems with. And well, so we'll it's white guys the getting United in States and Canada from that because that was. <laughs> That was a different situation. But yeah, you're right. We um, it's been a long time since we fought over the what 47th parallel. Right. Well, the the whole thing is, it wouldn't matter if it was you or me, our children, our parents, our grandparents. Okay. If any one of these uh, people had us in their hands with a gun in our face, not a single one of us would be around for another second. Well, I guess my question there is, why would we go over and stir up that hornet's nest then? And Well, that's, that's, I guess that's one way of looking at it. I would look at it a different way. You have to confront evil. Now, I know that's been said, and it's been said by several people, but our job is not to understand evil. Our job is not to negotiate with evil. Our job is to get rid of evil. Well, because, I, would, I would just have to say, oh, go ahead with the because, and then I'll, I'll answer. I don't want to jump on top of you there. Okay. Because when, when the stated objective is to kill Americans, there's, there's, no, there's no negotiating point. Okay, is it okay? Will, will you be satisfied right. if you take 10% of us I, or I 50% would, of us? I would just have to say that uh, our job is not, constitutionally, the job of the United States government is not to confront evil. That's flat out. And if you'd like to amend the Constitution to say that it is to confront evil. That's not the direction I'm headed. But but this is one of the stated reasons in the Constitution for the federal government is to protect the people. The, the United States. Don't you think think those people that they're referring to are sort of inside the United States? There's a there's a pretty clear. I know. There's a pretty (laughs) pretty clear. I think it's. 
It would be threats that are foreign and, and domestic. domestic. And threats to what? Yeah. Threats to the United States Constitution. So, for example, if we have, oh, I don't know, let's say a Congress that sends the military out under the command of a president without a declaration of war, which is the only thing that the Constitution provides Congress to do if they want to lead the troops, if the president is going to lead the troops, I would say that they are enemies to the Constitution, domestic enemies to the Constitution. Congress is. Well, the Congress would be a domestic I would enemy. Say this. Our country stands a greater chance of being destroyed from within, of our own doing, than from forces without. Uh-huh. And we're headed down the path of socialism right now. I'd say we have been for several years. Well, we might be running towards the socialist goal point, uh, and I, I would totally agree with you that we're, we're, we're you know, going to the USSR as quickly as we can. But I would also say that we're running towards the fascist uh, goal, goal right. line, too. In that, um, you know, do you, uh, by fascism, I don't mean let's gas the Jews kind of fascism. I'm talking about, um, you know, the United States Uberalis. What's that? It's... I'm sorry. The government taking over things, controlling everything, right. and, telling right. you where and you can go, what you can't do. And that's just more of what's been happening since 9-11. They've used this excuse more and more. And I thank you for your call. I gotta, we got a whole bunch to get through. Yeah, good um, point. Jason, yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, John in Salem. Hey, John. John? You there? Hello. Hey, hey Johnny. Hey, uh, let's see. i got a, a few points. I'll try to get to them real quick because I know we're uh, getting to the top of the hour. Uh, this fellow that was talking about the role of government, I think that uh, people all over the world, if they believe in government at all, uh, would say that the, the very basic role of government, they might go to some other extreme, but if nothing else, unless they were complete anarchists, they would say the role of government is to protect life, liberty, and property. Right. Now, let's go to 9-11. What happened? Some murdering bastards come over and killed a bunch of people. They took life and property. But in order to take liberty, it took an act of Congress, the president, and the courts. So the government of the United States has just raped the Constitution, destroying liberty, which is one of the things that anybody who believes in any government whatsoever would say is the role of government. Why did George W. Bush... The Congress, by the way, folks, everybody likes to point at Bush. Bush did it, inside job, all this, whatever conspiracy all is. Let's not get into that. What did, what was the reaction? Your party, if you're a party person on the Republican side or the Democrat side, all of you people, all of your people, all of your government destroyed liberty. The murdering bastards destroyed life and property, and government is on the track to destroy liberty. Thank you, John. Well said. I appreciate that. Well said. Um, uh, Lou in Florida, listening to WFLA. Lou? Uh, yes, listen, very quick. I wanted to get to the you're election. Not in, very... You're not an FLA. You're listening to an... No, um, I did FTL, FTL. FTL, thank you. I just want yes, to get how, that How are you doing? Listen, very quickly, before I get to the election question, have either of you guys ever lived in a Muslim country? I have never lived no. in a Muslim country. No. I've been to them. Well, I have. I've lived in a Muslim country for three years. Okay. Yeah. And I guarantee you that libertarianism is the biggest threat to these Muslims because they don't believe in any freedom for anyone. Oh, I, I would to- entirely agree that uh, they, don't, they don't understand. And they're spreading in Europe very quickly. Yep. In fact, if you go to France, I have my sister's friend does a lot of work in Paris. Yeah. There are certain neighborhoods in Paris that you cannot even walk around anymore because the Muslims treat the women 
like like dirt over there. Do you think I, those I gotta cultural, say that, oh, I, yeah, I gotta go say ahead, that culturally, I, I entirely agree with you that they they don't understand freedom, and and I think we should give them some well, freedom to look at. They're spreading in Europe, and just remember the Mohammed cartoons, the controversy with the Mohammed cartoons. In right, Holland, I, I'm with yeah. you on that. Now, when do you, you think that they feel appeal, like listen, many, many of them blue? Many of them feel like they're second class citizens because they're not afforded yeah, all the rights of told citizenship. Them to come to Europe. If they don't want to be in Europe, let them go back to their goddamn hell holes in the Middle East. Lou, do you think that those cultural now, Do you think those cultural to... changes are going to present uh, real physical th- uh, threats and military threats to the United States and other and European nations, Western Western civilizations in the future? They wanted to change. Listen, if they want to come to Western Europe or they want to come to America, then they have to adapt to the culture here. If they don't like it, let them go back to their hell holes. Yeah. I'm with you on adapting to culture being the best, uh, the, the best thing for everybody, and that I'm of the opinion that a, a culture of freedom that uh, many, of our, many of the Western nations at least pay lip service to is, is the best thing for us, but I, I also think that many of them feel like they're not being treated, afforded that same freedom that many of the white people are, so then they have this backlash, and they drive, it drives them further into their culture. Lou, I thank you for the call. 800-259-9231. Free Talk Live coming back in the uh, next hour with all kinds of calls. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney, finalized a contract in London, and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code, 600, to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's Free Talk Live coming to you live this Saturday night. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We can call in. You can call in about well, whatever you want to call in about. It's your show. You can take control. Hijack the airwaves, as it were. And uh, we've been talking to people the last hour. We were talking about airport security, terrorism, national security, the the presidential candidates out there. I think. Guess we're gonna. T- Change up uh, track here a little bit and go with uh, Dennis in New Hampshire. Dennis? Man. Hey, Good Dennis. evening, gentlemen. Hey, Hi. how are you? This is the perfect episode of Free Talk Live. Why is I that? have Mark and the G-Man at the same time. Hey, well, right. you just made it better because now we got you, my man, Dennis. I have the compass with a, with a needle that always points to the G. I love the G-Man. <laughs> so, you know, I'm a big the fan, too. Thing about tonight, the beautiful thing about tonight ladies and gentlemen, is we can talk about politics. Can we talk about politics here? Sure. Yeah, you can talk about politics. I love that. So in, here in New Hampshire, we had a primary, a state primary for state elections with, with primaries and stuff. And uh, <clears throat> so the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, which is one of the, uh, 
organizations that people who join the Free State Project have been pretty active in mm. has endorsed uh, in the primaries 161 candidates. Okay. 161 yeah. were endorsed by the NHLA. Yeah, th- those are people who either have scored a B or better by the NHLA in the, in the past uh, year or two. Very or good. Or if they're not already in the government, um, they took what is sort of our equivalent of the world's smallest political quiz and scored 80% or better. And So it, all it, these people are likely to do a better job of shrinking the government, not that that's ever happened in any government anywhere that I could ever think of, um, at least not in the United States, but they're more likely to try to shrink the size of government and the scope of government and government spending than anybody else. Yeah, they're they're eighty percent libertarian, and there's one hundred and sixty one of them running. Right? And if people want to find out more, they can go to nhliberty.org, if I remember correctly. Correct. Guard. That's right. You got it. Now, the so, average person, the average person, wouldn't care about what politics are going going on in New Hampshire. And uh, honestly, it's difficult for me, even being in New Hampshire, to care very much about the <laughs> politics. But I think that this is especially prescient because. Well, the Free State Project is a, uh, you know, it's, it's an organization that's trying to move 20,000 liberty-loving individuals to the state of New Hampshire in order to, well, shrink the size and scope of government to what we would consider a constitutional size. And we've got um, 500 and something movers here currently, and we're already having a yep. huge effect. And activists on, on two fronts, you've got people like Dennis who get uh, involved in politics. You've got people outside who, who protest and do things in, uh, uh, in uh, nonviolent protest test sort of way, so you get both sides of it here. That's right. Right. So, we had 161 people running after the primary. After the primary, how many got through? 151. We only lost 10. Wow, that's, that's incredible, amazing. and that's just um, on the you know, and then probably the mass vast majority of them are running as Republicans. It would be my guess, and uh, to, to you know, they they knocked out all these rhinos that uh, run and want to you know increase fu- spending oh, yeah. here and funding there, and the government will solve this problem. So we got rid of the big government Republicans, and uh, now they're going to be running against uh, well, big government Democrats. Oh God, the, the talk of the state. I mean, this is plastered all over the major newspapers of the state is the fact that here in the town I live in, Concord, yes. we had a woman who you could call a rhino, Classic. a Republican in name only. Classic rhino. <laughs> yeah. This was a, a woman, her name is Liz Hager. She has been in uh, the state legislature, are you ready for this, for 26 years. Ugh, that okay. is unbelievable. And that's, she, that's she 13 terms. Forever. That's 13 yeah. terms because they only serve for two. Thank God, two-year terms. We knocked her out. She's out. She cannot be a state rep. Well, I guess she theoretically could have. She had the most amazing write-in campaign of, 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 of all time. She cannot be a state rep. We knocked her out. And in her place, we are running three abject libertarians. Oh, I'm talking... Man libertarian libertarians and, instead of her. And if, if, if you're listening to you know to the radio now and you're thinking, how does this possibly, why are we talking about New Hampshire politics here? The question, uh, what I would encourage you to do is, if you're for small government is go to freestateproject.org, sign up right now, move to New Hampshire because government <laughs> it hasn't shrunk anywhere ever in America, that, including that, the, the federal I mean, government. Look, it's all been a failure to shrink the size of government. The Republicans are lying to you about shrinking the size of government. And if you want to see that happen anywhere in time, you have to take a step. 
And, and also, that step is sign up for the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. Uh, guys, I just want to mention, you know, there are times, Dennis, when you're, the emotional tenor of people who are involved in the liberty movement uh, goes up, and then sometimes it goes down. They get a little bit uh, dejected. Uh, last year, the, the Democrats, the hardcore left-wingers, and the Republicans in name only really did a number on liberties in this state. They helped shut down businesses. They brought in a smoking ban. And you would think that some people would get a little bit disheartened. But instead, you guys rallied, and you came back and now you're pushing back harder and and from what you're saying this could be a time when we really start to see the opening up thanks to the free state project of some of those seats and the free state project will start to make moves inside the state house the free state project is a worldwide movement it is not a new hampshire movement and although the nhla is uh concerned with new hampshire yeah the way you get involved and the way that you're ever going to see a government that is small government where uh, that relies on personal responsibility and allows people the freedom to do what they want as long as they don't harm anyone, the only way you're ever going to see that is the Free State Project. Dennis? I, I completely concur. And I tell you, I personally, I don't, I'm not a big religious guy. I don't really buy. Once I realized that the Jesus probably is a roommate to the Santa Claus, I kind of gave up on that whole thing. But there are a lot of very religious people here. Uh, some of them, you know, run for, for state rep. And some of them are absolutely convinced that it is divine providence that led to the, to New Hampshire being chosen for the Free State Project. Well, if God's and concerned, I, I'm glad that he's, uh, he's on our side. <laughs> thanks, thanks for your call, Dennis. <laughs> oh, um, man, let, Dennis is great. Yeah, uh, let's switch up tracks again. I got yeah. uh, Bill in Indianapolis listening to WXNT. Bill? Hey, Bill, you there? Hello, Bill. I am wrestling. He's checking out his tax forms. Hi, Bill. I'm sorry. Um, Yeah, I want to talk about immigration. Okay. All right. I think think I'm a little bit confused on my position. I think I'm evolving a little bit more toward your leaning. Okay. Because a couple weeks ago, I used to be one of these type of people that said, um, well, let them come in, but it's only if they do it legally. Okay. I'm thinking more. Maybe we should just fling the borders open and just let anybody come in that wants to come in. Why not? I'm I, I'm of the opinion that free people can cross can cross borders uh, freely, um, especially in a free country. I I'm not of the opinion that I should be or you should be obligated to pay to educate those people, to uh, to give them free medical, to give them health care, to give them WIC, to give them anything. However, I think that they should be able to come here and work for a better life. Yeah, yeah, as long, yeah, and they do. Mostly they do. I mostly. know a lot of the Mexican people. They're they're hardworking people, and I have no problem with them. I had a little bit of an issue with the language barrier, but I think I'm going to get over that, too. Well, yeah, I think the language barrier is more their problem than it is our problem. I mean, if as long as you don't get it, try not, you know, decide for yourself, I'm not going to allow those pe- people speaking Spanish to offend me, then what's the big deal? I mean, if a business wants to write some Spanish yeah. on their packaging, it's not hey, meant to hurt you. you. Know, a couple things that I'd like to, to chime in with, uh, guys, is uh, you, can, you can start from the, from the uh, utmost standpoint of people who want open borders. And that uh, gets some conservative people upset where they say, look, arbitrary borders drawn between peoples by governments and special interests to try to keep them away. Uh, We don't want those. But even if you look at it from a constitutional standpoint, and I brought this up before, or an economic standpoint, 
Uh, let's like look at the economic standpoint. Milton Friedman, uh, very popular among conservatives and some libertarians uh, who are small government libertarians, if you can call them that, uh, they liked Milton Friedman's ideas. And he was, he was very much against the growth in government, wanted to eliminate the size and scope of government. Uh, he said you can't have open borders when you have a welfare, a wel- a welfare state. Uh, what I'm unfortunately hearing from many conservatives today is not the idea that we should eliminate the welfare state. They're saying essentially, well, only Americans can bleed off of their name which I find repulsive. And if you look at the Constitution, and I've said this before, uh, well, I'll stick with the, uh, the economics of it. Uh, allowing immigrants to come into this country allows employers to get their employees for less, which allows consumers to be able to buy products for less, which allows consumers to have more money left over, which allows them to then spend on new things. Immigrants allow us to get the better better deal for our buck, which allows us to have an expanding economy. 800-259-9231. Free Talk Live. Live Saturday. We are live this Saturday evening, bringing you live content rather than all that recorded stuff you expect to hear on the weekend. Damn straight, baby. Free Talk Live. Call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. And uh, while you're at it, you can go to freetalklive.com. We have archives there of the last uh, six days in MP3 format and the last year in BitTorrent format. So we give away all our archives, unlike all those other talk show hosts yeah, that want to charge sign up you. For some special yeah, you got to have $8 a month to be yeah. an insider ditto head or whatever. <laughs> so for free, just the way archives should be. Freetalklive.com. Check that out. And I've been taking this, diet, vitamin, this vitamin supplement, diet supplement called uh, Dexy 20. Take it twice a day, and it reduces my appetite, and uh, it's been working great for me. I'm eating less. Instead of uh, I was just yesterday, I was eating pizza, and normally I eat four pieces of pizza. I stopped at three because I didn't feel like going any farther. I, I was full because Dexy 20 is working for me. So... That's causing me to lose weight. I've lost over five pounds since uh, I started taking about six weeks ago. So I recommend Dexy 20 for anybody who needs to take off a few pounds. I'm not a big fat guy. I'm trying to get from size 36 back to size 32. So um, not a big not a big difference there at pants. Mm-hmm. You can get uh, Dexy 20 at Walgreens, CVS, GNC, or go to diet.freetalklive.com. That's diet.freetalklive.com. And, Gardner, you ready to go, go to some calls? Absolutely, my All friend. All right, well, let's go. Take Jeff. Jeff, you there? Okay, I'm here. Uh, I want to say, first of all, that I 
I completely love Gardner Goldsmith. Yeah, Gard, Gard, uh, it's, Gard's great. I'm a fan. Well, you tell the ladies, awesome. all right, my friend. <laughs> Thanks a lot. It's nice. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I, I talked to Mark. I got uh, some questions here. Okay. First one. Cut is, off. A uh, couple few nights ago, you had a free state project caller calling saying, "What if you don't move? What happens?" And I didn't get an answer to that, and I want to know that. What happens? Nothing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. The si- the signing of the statement of intent is an intention, and it's you know a moment in time when a person signs up. I'm sure there are thousands of people that have signed up for the Free State Project that are not going to move right. because yeah. they signed up for them well, in, in 2001. Can I tell you it's... my situation? Go ahead. Um, I definitely want to be nowhere else but up in New Hampshire with you guys, mm-hmm. and you know I've, I've called in a couple times here, and uh, my wife is. Uh, slowly moving towards libertarianism. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, she declared herself a libertarian. Slow progress, slow but sure. But That's nice, though. I'm not going to sign up for the Free State Project unless I know I'm going to be there, and that's just because I'm a man of my word, you know? Well, I appreciate that principle. I think there are a lot of other people who probably have the same sentiment that you do, and I have no problem with that whatsoever. You know, um, I actually started a program this week, Jeff, to uh, – it, it wasn't really a program. It was an idea this week that, to encourage people that are sort of in your position where the the uh, the family is, is giving them a little trouble. I am donating uh, $5 – I'm not a rich man – $5 for every person that signs up for the Free State Project to St. Jude's Hospital. So it kind of has that touchy-feely feel. I was going to donate to the uh, St. Jude's Hospital anyway because I was looking at my young son. He's six months old now. Oh. And he's, uh, he, you know, he's just he's great to me. And I was thinking, what about all those other people whose children aren't you know, bright-eyed and grabbing things and eating food and yeah. cutting their first tooth? And yeah. uh, So yeah, I was feeling I very grateful. So I decided to donate some money, and Ian actually matched me. So $10 goes to St. Jude's Hospital for everybody who signs up, and there have already been 30 sign-ups since Thursday at 5 when I checked the uh, the sign-up, and that's almost triple what a week's worth of sign-ups are for the Free State Project. It's so, really dynamic. And, you know, hearing you through the phone lines telling us that uh, you know, you don't want to sign on unless – you don't want to take a pledge unless the pledge means something. That means a lot I mean, to me. My you word know? is my word. Yeah, you that means I – mean? uh, I like that a lot. I like what you're having to say. Well, Jeff, what I, what I thought I, when I signed up is what does move mean? It says that I will move to New Hampshire um, once 20,000 people people come can i move i know stick around what two does, weeks and what go does back move mean to my wife though you know what i mean that's, yeah that's yeah. where the dilemma comes yeah i understand what you're saying mark i mm-hmm. mean what does move mean to me in terms of the free state project it means getting the hell out of new jersey where <laughs> i'm in a police state day in and day out and you know that's uh, i got i got two two um two things going on here you know me yeah. and my wife yeah, T- where I, I was just tell her about the uh, St. Jude's thing and see if yeah. that has any effect. And I was wondering, whereabouts in New Jersey are you? I'm in Delran. It's a it's a really small place. It's mm-hmm. it's like basically across from Philly. Um, well, you know, uh, I was I was thinking uh, if if we could look at it from the federal standpoint of mandates, uh, if we could just have a storm come in close enough, they could have a mandatory evacuation, and then if you tried to stay in your home, they would arrest you. So that would be great incentive to move up. I was talking about that off the air with Mark, and I'm going to be definitely talking about. It. I do you know my own show uh, on another station, and on Monday I've got to bring this up. There's a story in New Hampshire about a woman who was arrested because she wouldn't evacuate in one of our towns in 2007. 
happen. And then I looked oh, up man. some statistics about what happened in uh, during Hurricane Rita. Uh, almost 100 people died because of the mandatory evacuation. They got hyperthermia yeah. in their cars. And I'm thinking, you know, it's amazing to me that people think that government should be protecting them from natural phenomenon so much that the government can then force them out of their homes into more dangerous situations where they die of heat and exposure in their cars. We've got to wake people up to the concept of individual ownership and ownership of one's property. And the more people we can get in New Hampshire to do this sort of thing, it's great. But take your time, my friend. What are your other questions, Jeff? Uh, Well, the other one uh, I called a couple weeks ago. Um, I told you my wife has become a self-declared libertarian, Uh but she still has some clinging issues. Uh, I called last week. We talked about the airlines or whatever, and Julia laughed at me, and I said, okay, whatever. (laughs) Um, The other one is, like, public school and health care because she says, you know, these poor people, they're not going to be able to afford school. Well, uh, like, that's, you know, that's a relatively easy one to take care of because when you look I at it, these, uh, this, the situation of public schools isn't about poor people. Because what you give poor people is if they want to eat, you give them a cheese wheel or you give them uh, you know, the, 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 the nearly spoiling milk, right? I mean, that's what they do. And you're getting the educational program. equivalent of that. Right. Yes. I mean, if, if, they, I mean if, if you actually wanted to educate poor people, the way they would do that is give them the body bottom of the barrel education. However, what we currently have in the United States is welfare for middle class and upper, upper middle class uh, people. I drive a 1994 Dodge Shadow with peeling paint, but I have to pay property taxes to send the brats of somebody else to school, and I'll bet you their mom's driving them there in a Lexus or a brand new Chevy. And I think that's I just you. wrong. That's welfare for middle class people. That's not for poor people. And don't ever let anybody lie to you and tell you that. And, of course, the effect is you just have to cater to the lowest common denominator in government schools. Whatever the majority says goes. And, of course, I don't think your wife would probably side with that if they start picking. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, 1-800-259-9231. That's 800-259-9231. Gardner, we got no calls on. Hey, my man. It is Free Talk Live, and people should get in touch with us at the number. And, of course, go to freetalklive.com anytime. And I, I am plugging you right now. My friend Mark Edge is with me. I'm Gardner Goldsmith, and I'm just jumping in because, uh, Mark, i got to tell you, I'm really glad to be here with you, and you guys do such a great job. Folks, I'm not officially you know, part of Free Talk Live. I come in, and they're very nice to let me come in here. And maybe you don't know me from Adam, but i got to tell you, Ian and Mark are two of the nicest guys around, and they do great work. And uh, the callers and supporters of this show are just amazing. So you if you're just finding out about it, butt kisser. it's a the great, fact is, great show. You are a published author. Uh, you are a talk show host and uh, you know, a great uh, advocate of freedom. And I'm happy to have you in here. I, Thanks, it, I'm of the opinion that uh, you're far more professional than I am. So <laughs> I, I, I just like you to be here so you can carry Thanks. me. Well, hey, listen, I just wanted to mention, Mark, our last caller was terrific, uh, calling in from Pennsylvania, uh, from New Jersey, near Pennsylvania. Jeff. Jeff, thanks so much, man, uh, for that call. And also, sir, I just wanted to mention, you, he, Jeff, if you're just joining us, Jeff was talking about 
uh, moving to New Hampshire and joining the Free State, Free State Project, signing the pledge to move. And he says, I don't want to sign a pledge unless I am going to pledge to move. And my wife, she she's slowly coming over to the pro-individual liberty side, the classical liberal side, not the contemporary liberal side. You can't even and use that word liberal without freaking people out. It, yeah, it's, it's just completely call loaded libertarian. term. Yeah. When you say classical liberal, you mean a classical liberal like Thomas Jefferson yes, was a classical exactly, liberal. Now, I exactly. would call myself sort of a, a Jeffersonian Republican. Yeah. I mean, I can use that term without uh, making myself wretch too much. <laughs> um, I, I don't have, I'm not, you know, I don't have a lot of terms that I can describe myself with, but Jeffersonian mm-hmm. Republican probably sure. makes me okay. So Thomas Jefferson, classical liberal. These liberalism, terms have almost become, they've gone full it's circle. It's switched around, exactly. Liberalism used to mean the greatest sphere of movement and freedom within the societal circles, and government would be kept to as minimal of a role as possible. And I just wanted to mention, just real quick for Jeff, he was talking about a couple issues that were sticking points for his wife uh, to bring her a little closer to the libertarian philosophy and, and then eventually get her up closer to us and, and work into freedom on, on whatever sphere they want to uh, in New Hampshire. And one of the things I wanted to mention on the education front, um, a couple things that I would just like to, to tell you, Jeff, is, of course, you know, you can express this very well. Uh, there is no positive right to education. Uh, no one has a right to education, despite the fact that w- that we think that kids need to be educated. Nobody has a right to I agree that kids have... need to be educated. However, I don't believe that uh, somebody's uh, property should be uh, threatened yes. in order to educate somebody right. else's child. And philosophically, an easy way to, to work it out, or just emotionally, you can just say, look, if you think that someone has a right to education, a child has a right to a positive right to education provided by the government uh, rather than a moral obligation set on the parents, then that, that means we can tax person one over here for the child of person two over here. Person one will work for X number of hours a day for person two's child, and he'll get the money, and he'll be educated because we all think that that's a, a common good. Well, what that does is enslave that man for X number of hours, and if you wanted to, you could remove the middleman and just enslave all the teachers and make them work for nothing. Therefore, we know that education is not a right in any way because nobody would accept enslavement of teachers. The only rights come from inside of you. Rights the right are negative speech, rights. The right to uh, the right to be left alone. Right, by the right your neighbor. to religion. All right. the things that are from on the inside of you. Something you can do without forcing someone else right. to do what you want them to do. And one more thing, I'd just like to add, Mark. Uh, practically, once you fall into accepting that fallacy, the practical implications of it are: the government will take money from whomever they want, whether they accept it or not. You become a slave. Right, to you do whatever chattel. they want. Yes, if, and it, the if it's good enough to educate some uh, poor kid, then it's good enough to do whatever they want. Exterminate Jews, uh, you know, march people uh, you know, across the, the, the desert and watch them die mm-hmm. in the stand. And even on the uh, lowest whatever. end, even on the lowest we end, some what you'll Gardner, do, me, uh, uh, yeah, I just wanted to mention, even on the lowest end, you're going to have disagreements about what should be taught how long it should be taught, right. and you can eliminate these sorts of attacks from one group against another, these constant bickerings and fightings, if you eliminate the force of government in education. And just one final thing, if you get a chance, look up the book called Is Public Education Necessary? by Sam Blumenfeld. Sam Blumenfeld, it'll show you the history of education, and long before government got involved in education in the United States, America was a very literate, very well-educated nation, and it was done privately. Ted in Tampa. Ted, are you are you there? I'm here, guys. How are you tonight? Good, sir. Hey, Ted. Have Great. You... Hey, uh, real brief introduction. I'm a 45-year-old total ex-screw-up. Okay. Uh, never been very involved in politics. First-time listener to your show. Okay. Uh, have some questions. I, you know, I've, I've been looking online and, and, and looking into the things that are being discussed. 
All right. Um, interested and, and, and agree with a lot of the ideals or, or standards, whatever the right word is, okay. that you guys seem to be, uh, you know, professing. Um, I, I'm curious, though. I mean, I've heard of the libertarians. I, I've never okay. used the term libertarian to describe myself, but go ahead, Ted. <laughs> okay, your website is pro-libertarian. Yeah, yeah. What can I tell you? Okay. You know, right. people use the term libertarian. Bob Barr is their their presidential candidate mm -hmm. currently, not a libertarian. Right. I don't want to be mixed up in that. I actually okay. believe in liberty. Fine, and and that's cool. And I'm not trying to cause a fight. No, no. Go ahead. Um, I, I, I'm again, as I told the screener, calling out of total ignorance. Yes. Um. I'm here to elucidate. What, how, how much? How, how much? I'm very disillusioned with the government as it stands right now. Good for you, man. Uh, again, mm. again, very, very agreeable to the things that are being discussed this evening. Um, but, but, you know, it, it, it seems to me like a major uphill battle. And, and I want to be involved. I live in Florida. I've been down here all my life. I don't want to move to New Hampshire. It snows there. Hey, look, I'm uh, from Sarasota, Florida. <laughs> I was born in Sarasota Memorial Hospital. I lived in Florida for 36 years. And I, the way I saw it was, look, they froze in Valley Forge. I can actually have a house up here in New Hampshire and fight for liberty. Um, I'm, I, you know, when I think of the, 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 the people that fought, the first American Revolution, they call the uh, Free State Project the Second American Revolution. They didn't. Uh, you know, they they sacrificed a heck of a lot more than I intend to sacrifice. And you know, you know what, Mark? Just let's say you don't want to move, my friend. Let's say you don't want to come out of Florida. Uh, just hearing from you and getting that encouragement is step one for me. Just great, and and it allows us to sort of say, you know what? We're buoyed by words from guys like you. Contact organizations like uh, oh, I don't know. Get in touch with the Independent Institute or get in touch with the Mies. Uh, von Mises Institute, Mises.org, or the Foundation for Economic Education. If you donate some money, they'll be able to print up more books uh, to send out to books, kids. They, books, books, uh, Gardner. Uh, we, we've had libertarian books since uh, uh, what, 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 what was it? Uh, Adams? Uh, what, what was it? Not Adams. Uh, the uh, uh, you mean Wealth of Nations? The Wealth of Nations. Yes. Uh, with yep. uh, I can't remember the guy's name. I just read the book last week. Um, uh, Adam Smith. Adam Smith. Right on. Right. right. Uh, we've had books since then. That has done diddly squat for liberty. Well, I suppose. You know, that but, Adam Smith, but uh, if you look at it, though, I, I, I got to disagree slightly, because if you look at it, you look at the, the writing of a guy like Ludwig von Mises. He influenced a guy named Henry Hazlitt. Henry Hazlitt wrote for the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. He spread his words in the book called Economics in One Lesson to millions of people, Foundation of, of Economic Education. Uh, they do great work, and, and that influences people. I think so many people... Uh, from before the Internet age were introduced to things because they discovered those books. So who knows? If you can't get up here, you know, we don't want to have to force you to, to try to do something to work for freedom because that doesn't exactly work. No, they don't go together. To do but if we could coax you to get up here, it would be great. We'd love to have you fighting. But there are lots of other ways you can fight down there. It might sound sort of saccharine to say this sort of thing, but anything you can do, whether it's donating, whatever. I, I understand, and that was my question. Now, there's a transcript available online because you guys, I'm an avid reader, and you guys just shot a lot of books at me. I was trying to write. I don't write that fast. Yeah, I um, just understand. I, I can get this online somewhere? Well, you could probably go to bbs.freetalklive.com. Um, it's our bulletin uh, board system, and there are thousand, there are probably, there's more than a thousand people on there. And you could just say, could you guys give me some recommendations on yeah. liberty-oriented books to read? And they'll give you all kinds of stuff. You do have to sign in for an account, but you won't be spammed, I promise. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And keep listening. We're on every uh, Saturday night from 7 to 10 on WFLA. And 
stations across the country. Talk Live, live on Saturday night, 1-800-259-9231. You can call in on this show and talk about whatever you want to talk about. You hijack the airwaves, whatever, doesn't bother me. This is Mark with you. And Guard. And Guard, I wanted you to give, a real, uh, give, give you a real quick chance to talk about your book. Thank you, my friend. Uh, yes, my book is called Live Free or Die. It came out just around the end of last year, and it is a collection of essays and uh, fiction uh, all centering on freedom, mostly essays that I've written for various uh, organizations like the Von Mises Institute, uh, Investors Business Daily, Foundation for Economic Education, uh, magazines in the U.K., and material my dad wrote. When my dad was in World War II, he was in the Philippines and uh, in uh, New Caledonia out in the Pacific for the Navy, and he brought these little Where's black books Caledonia? with him. I don't know where old, I don't know where Caledonia is. I know it's a great song by Louis Jordan, but anyway, so he brought these little books with him, and he would write down aphorisms when he came across them reading, like Aristotle, Jefferson, Thomas Paine, things like that. And as he discovered more things dealing with freedom, he would then write things down from uh, Frederick Bastiat, John Locke, uh, Ayn Rand, people like that. And uh, so he would write a lot of his own. So after he passed away, my brother and I said, you know what, we really like to get these things published. So what happens is material that my father wrote, these aphorisms about uh, free market education or uh, free markets themselves, those things introduce my segments. So it's all called Live Free or Die. It's at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Uh, Just go to look for Live Free or Die at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Yep. Actually, uh, if you go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, buy anything on Amazon. That's right. Free Talk Live free gets talk a live percentage gets of it. Of it. So yeah. uh, please, give, please go ahead and do that. And the world's largest machine gun shoot and military gun show is October the 10th, 11th, and 12th. That's October 10th, 11th, and 12th at Knob Creek Gun Range. It's in Tennessee. It's uh, fun for the whole family with machine guns and flamethrowers for rent. Helicopter rides, 800 tables showcasing handguns, rifles, shotguns, and more. Libertarians, aren't they fun? Um, Opens at 9 a.m. It's $10 per person. You can find out more at KNOB. CreekRange.com. That's Knob Creek Range. And I believe they have a video there. If not, you can go on YouTube and look for it. And you can look on the final night. They shoot uh, 55-gallon steel barrels full of diesel fuel with incendiary rounds. (laughs) Talk about a fireworks show. KnobCreekRange.com. Wow. (laughs) Let's go to Indy in Connecticut. Indy? Indy. Good evening, guys. Indy. Libertations. Absolutely. Um... I love it when guards on. I always want to give him a hard time about me working in government and uh, challenge him on uh, my beliefs. But, uh, All right. I, uh, I attended a uh, Democrat party today in eastern Connecticut. It was a good time. Got to meet my representative. Gave him a couple of my own thoughts. Mm. Sure, he and cared deeply. As would be suspected, he seemed to be on board with everything that I was interested in. It's amazing. He cares deeply wow. about all the things that you care about until he gets he in there really, and does whatever he wants. It's like Henry Rollins said, Just and I'll tell you everything you want to hear so yeah. that you, you think I really connect with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Rollins fan. I know the lie, actually. You got it, man. You got but, it. Uh, they, 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 he seemed to tell me that both parties are on board to fix the energy plan, but the Democrats, of course, are going to have a better plan. I'm not on board with either. I had some friends in one of the parties, which is why I attended today. Mm. But it was just kind of nice to voice my opinion and talk to my representative as opposed to sitting it out 
and seeing what happens. You know, I, I think it's always interesting. Uh, they, they've got this plan for energy. Look. Energy is a commodity that the marketplace has done a fine, fine job um, taking care of for a long time, and it's the government intervention in energy, the subsidies to the big oil companies and, and all that other stuff that screwed things up in the first place. As far as I'm concerned, uh, the, the best energy plan is to keep the government out of it. Just the term uh, you know, plan. Uh, the whole idea of a government-owned grocery store scares the crap out of me. Oh, yeah. You know, it's <laughs> I don't incredible. want them involved and, you know, in the free market. It's, it's funny when you said you know you felt good because you were able to speak to your representative. It's sort of like uh, like today, for example, uh, as a very, very rare thing, uh, I happened to really screw my shoulder up taking the trash to the dump today, and I got very angry, and I just repeatedly punched the lid of this thing. Uh, in fact, I have the uh, the Band-Aids on my, on my knuckles to to prove it but it felt good to punch this inanimate object and it's sort of like trying to change the government you, you feel good that you were able to express your opinions to your representative but in the end you know you, you know, i'm probably not going to change his mind and my one voice isn't going to change anything when he looks at the polls you know you know no i i don't i hope for the best you think you're going to change I'm, 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 I'm an idealist yeah well have you seen any evidence that politicians have been listening to people that are talking about smaller government anywhere Guys, I'm, I'm trying to get in on both sides, kind of work and meet some people and try and I'm, express I'm for my that, views to them. But I, I'm just of the opinion that, uh, you know, when you're talking especially to uh, uh, politicians in uh, a big government state like Connecticut, that they think that sort of they like can solve... They're Everyone sort of like Hurricane problems. Ike. As many people as you could have standing on the Texas coast shouting at them to go away, go away, leave us alone, they're coming and they are going to flood you with ideas, plans, lots of plans. And, of course, these are the same people who had so many plans before that are, A, unconstitutional and provably so, that they have destroyed our ability to be able to refine oil. They've taken away the ability of the oil companies to be able to respond to consumer demand by drilling to find more of the product domestically and now they're saying oh we've got to get off foreign oil well thank you for getting us on foreign oil in the first place you know they didn't need to make decisions for me i could have certainly made the decisions of the people providing the commodity and as mark said i don't want them making decisions about what cereal i'm going to be the cereal i'm going to be eating why do i want them making decisions about how i'm going to be putting around in my car those decisions have screwed up my car agreed i have some good news for mark yes Mark, you will be donating another, what is it, 5 or $10? Well, it's right. 5 for me and 5 for me, Ian. Um, I'm having the talk with my wife tonight, and uh, we're going to split time between New Hampshire and Connecticut. Oh, there that is great, man. I work there, too. You'll see my name on the list in the next couple of days, not by my code name, Indy, but by my real name. But uh, I think we're there. And I asked you guys about splitting time the other night. You gave me a great response. And I think we're there. Uh, th thank you very much for signing up for the Free State Project. I appreciate that, Indy. Um, and and uh, you know, give us a call in the future. Yeah, give us a call when you get up here, Indy. What he's talking about is that uh, my partner and I have decided that we were going to donate uh, ten dollars to the St. Jude's Hospital for every person that would sign up for the Free State Project by Thursday at five p.m. That was the time that I checked uh, last week. So this week, I guess, and so next week, that's the cutoff point. Right. And I was going to donate some money to St. Jude's Hospital anyway, and I thought this would be a great way to sort of set the the uh, you know decide how much I was going to I was going to spend. It incentivizes it's going to be like 50 bucks. it's going to be like 150 bucks as what I was you know is what I'm obligated at this point to to donate. So I'm I, you know what? Please put me against the wall. 
press my, press my comfort zone. Um, I'm I'm all for it. I want as many people to sign up for the Free State Project at freestateproject.org as uh, possible, and I'm happy to donate the money to the St. Jude's Hospital where they do excellent work treating kids with cancer. And boy, it makes it makes the parties a lot more fun when you have pro freedom people at the parties. Thanks so much. For, yeah, for doing I, that, I didn't call St. Jude's and tell them about it or anything because they'd probably want me to do it every uh, month, do yeah. a telethon or something, and they'd probably give people four dollars to sign up. In yeah, it. right on. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, uh, that's freestateproject.org. And Gardner, we were uh, we, we were talking about the uh, Hurricane Rita thing. Oh, yeah. wanted the evacuation thing. Yeah, I wanted you to to go sure. on about that. Yeah, well, you know, one of the things that that really annoyed me was on Friday I was doing my show and um, I I just happened to pick up this sheet. Uh, in fact, I had to I had to prepare for it in a strange way. We were on a live remote, so I didn't have the computer in front of me. I had to get everything prepared on paper first, and I felt like I was back in the Stone Age, you know, like Fred Flintstone was going to give me a big Bronto burger. I think I've forgotten how to write. Oh, it's it's bizarre. Yeah, it's amazing. So anyway, so I had all these sheets in front of me, and one of them says Allenstown woman's case. This is New Hampshire goes to high court, and I'm reading it. And and it was about a mandatory evacuation. And the minute I heard mandatory evacuation, there's a lot of that going on with the hurricanes that right exactly, now. Exactly, exactly. And and what troubles me greatly, and for those people who aren't really familiar with the philosophy of liberty or the lineage of of libertarian thinking, the idea is people don't have a claim on you or your property. Well, we it's simple. If I want to stay during the hurricane, I should be allowed to do that. Exactly. Now, if, as far as I'm concerned, once the evacuation call has been sent out by the mayor or whomever. They don't. The 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 uh, let them do what they Emergency want. workers don't have any obligation to come well, save this, anybody. This is exactly where I'm going, Mark. The problem is that not enough people understand the philosophical underpinnings of why the United States government or their state governments were formed. They were formed on the Locke and John Locke theory of rights, and I don't even I don't I don't think that that is supportable in a, in a logical way anymore. I used to be a Lockean, but I, I go further than that now. Locke said that you have a right to be left alone by me. I have a right to be left alone by you. Government is established to stop us from harming each other and harming each other's property and livelihood. So it's a person-on-person conflict. Now you've got fires in California. George Bush sends FEMA out there. The government, the federal government, they have fake news conferences about the great job they're doing. You have hurricanes, snowstorms, heat waves, any particular natural disaster, not man against man, but natural problems. The government gets involved. If you ask the government to get involved to protect you from naturally occurring phenomenon, you just get ready for them to come into your house because they will say, it's our power. We're here to protect you. James Madison, the author of the Constitution, said that he didn't see any role of the government in natural disasters. Well said. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's Free Talk Live coming to you live on Saturday night. And, uh, well, I say I specify Saturday night because that's what it is, and I want everybody to understand that it's a live show, unlike all the recorded content you've uh, heard on your stations today, likely. Um, and to specify that we have uh, weeknight shows that uh, you can you can hear also at uh, uh, freetalklive.com. You can get the archives. You can uh, listen to the live stream. 
all those things at freetalklive.com. And uh, we've been we've been had calls all across the board from terrorism to uh, you know we've been talking about uh, the Free State Project. What else would education? It has been a very good night, my friend Mark Edge. Yes, very cool, very cool. I'm glad I'm here. All right, Very and uh, let, it's it's a and, and it is a show about your call, so you can call in about anything you'd like. And uh, let's go straight to the phones. We got Paula on the phone. Uh, Paula, Paula, are you there? One second. Ah, uh, we're just waiting on Paula. Yes. Okay, well I, I guess right. <laughs> apparently. Hey, Paula, Paula, what's up, girl? Yeah, hey, hon. I just want to let y'all know that um, while all this is happening, what we're going through, you need to. Uh, Open your Bible up to Jeremiah 30, and it tells you about, in verse 18, 19, tells you about the towers, okay? The towers? And yeah, The towers in New York, okay? okay? And he tells us why we're going all through this, because, see, we're Judah. We're his children, okay? He wants to save us. And he says we have Jeremiah to Jeremiah wants to save us, or, or this is no, God God talking. wants to save us. I he see. said that we cannot go unpunished, but he, he wants to save us. But we're what his I do, children. I don't want to get uh, punished by God. I didn't do anything. Well, other people have. But I got to get punished. Is God like that? No, is is I, I, God no, like his, my kindergarten children, teacher no, who would punish the whole class okay. for what one person did? I'm, no, uh, I'm saying his children. He'll watch over us. Okay, the ones that are with him, but the ones that aren't are the ones that are going to suffer. Well, when you say the, the, the with you thing, I, you know, with I, God, I, if you're with God, hon, and you stand with Him. You'll be okay. Here's the thing, though, Paula. I have uh, thought about this God thing a great deal, and I've thought about the I, Bible. He doesn't lie, and there is a God. Well, okay. I, well, I'm not saying that there's not a God. I believe that there's a God. I just I'm, I question the the legitimacy of everything that's in the Bible. Um, well, and, I'm gonna tell you something. I I know some things that you're talking about, but the thing is, is that there were certain prophets that God sent to warn us about things and to protect us. Okay. okay. And to teach us things, but the thing is, we're the, we are the Israelites. We are His children, Judah. Okay, and He's trying to protect us. He's trying to turn us around back to Him, the ones that have left Him. Uh, but just read it for you, because it, it's so full of love. Paula, you mentioned uh, Jeremiah. Do you mean Revelations 18 and, no, and the Mystery about Babylon? Jeremiah 30. Jeremiah, Jeremiah 30. 30. And in verse 18, 19, it tells you about New York City and the towers. And he said that they will be rebuilt. They don't mention New York City, right? Huh? They don't mention New York City in they Jeremiah. They the city and the top. They, they tell you that. Well, just Lots read it for yourself. You'll see. Let yeah. me read it to yeah. you. No, that's okay. I've got my, uh, I've got my new international yeah, version. Yeah, God him. loves his children, okay? And he wants us to well, have everything great. I mean, he, he wants us. Is, is a guy that loves his children, would he send them to hell? I mean, that's, that's if kind they, of. If they, if they. Turn away from him and go to Satan. See, there is no in-between. You're either with him or you're with Satan, one is, or the other. Is, uh, did, do you think that's where George Bush got that line? Uh, let me tell you something. He's lost, okay? George I Bush sent is? him a note one day, and I told him, I said, GW, I said, you are lost. I said, if you don't get yourself right with Father, I said, but it, it's going to be too late. I said, you're headed for hell. And I said, you better get yourself right as quick as you can. And I told Jay the same thing. Jay? Jay Rockefeller, my stupid cousin. Yeah, your cousin Rockefeller. Yeah, the uh, Rockefellers married into the British throne a long time ago. Yeah. But anyway. So, um, um, do, you, do you have an in with uh, the, the uh, Queen Elizabeth? She's my cousin, okay? Uh-huh. I, I descend from King William, okay? And my husband does too. But anyway, um, the is thing is, is that uh, we are God's show. Matter of fact, David's throne is sitting right in Britain. 
David's that's what throne? Elizabeth is sitting on. Well, yeah, did you pick what... it up and move it from, him, uh, from uh, Israel? I've heard it some stories back. about See, that. We will be going back. God's children will be going back to Israel, and the throne will be taken back. Is there, okay? Is, is, and is, I'm going I'm to tell you something else, too. The Ark of the Covenant is right here in the United States. Really? Okay, yes. Where? Jesus and Joseph are Mia. It's in a I'm warehouse. Going, I know where it's at because I, I and the church, we have to turn it over, okay? There's a bunch at of... At the right time. So, but it was brought here by jo- uh, Jesus and Joseph. But Jesus walked America, okay? Jesus walked but America. He walked Did he America. walk here? It's like the I Book of Mormon. Yes, he was here, yeah. Wow. As a matter of fact, uh, 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 Sequoia, my cousin, he wrote a poem about it when it happened, and he was there. When it, I mean, we, my tribe and, and the church, we put it where it's at. Well, call us back when you know where the Ark of the Covenant is exactly, and you can at, give us information gonna, I don't want anybody getting – I don't want anybody trying to get in there and get it, okay? <laughs> I uh, – Okay. Hey, and you know what? I, I'm not going to pronounce judgment on George Bush, whether he's lost or he's found, but I'll tell you one thing. He should have been impeached a long time ago for Thanks, being Paula. a domestic enemy of the Constitution. Thanks, Paul. It's interesting grist for the mill anyway, but uh, <laughs> I'll have that, to look up Jeremiah 30 and that uh, see is. what I can see. You know, I can't remember what the name of that magic cup is that supposedly caught Jesus' blood. Uh, but, uh, oh, the Grail? Yeah, the Holy Grail. I bet she knows where that is, too. Yeah. Uh, Bill in Florida. Um, apparently, uh, you uh, want to talk about this subject, too. Bill? Hi, how are you doing? Good. Um, really great. You know, I have to think that um, as we're talking about George Bush, his uh, personal accountant, his name is Blazer, B-L-A-Z-E-R, for okay. many years, family accountant, wrote a book called The SNL, uh, SNL Crisis. SNL and, Crisis. Uh, and he describes in great detail, you know, all the shenanigans that happened over the years where um, law firms were established, credit unions and states that had poor regulatory powers, you know, they weren't... Uh, uh, they would get a credit union in a state that didn't have any real enforcement power. Oh, so uh, they, they needed more enforcement. The government needed more power to enforce the uh, oversight over the bad loans that the SNLs were giving because the government had gotten involved with providing them unconstitutional and recklessly, un- economically reckless uh, savings and loan insurance. Right. Well, what I was going to say was I want to be sure to recommend the book, you know, The SNL Crisis is by Blazer, B-L-A-Z-E-R. And he is a personal accountant. He has been for many years of the Bush families. Well, thanks very much for that, Bill. I, I appreciate it. And, yeah, uh, let, let's sure. let's go on to F- Fiad in uh, Montana. Listen, yeah. on KGEZ. I would recommend uh, a book called The Austrian Theory of the Business Cycle by Ludwig von Mises if you want to know what happened with the, with the SNL crisis. It was the government. <laughs> Fiad? Assalamu alaikum. Hey, uh, Fiad. Assalamu alaikum to you. Law. Jeremiah 30, how you doing? <laughs> hey, I, I saw Indiana Jones, too. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. in a warehouse. <laughs> it, Everybody knows it, that. It's the Area 51. <laughs> yeah, and there's I a bunch the of other boxes there. <laughs> and it, hey, prob- uh, it also probably has all the ballpoint pens that Douglas Adams was looking for in Hitchhiker's Guide of the Galaxy. They're all there. Yeah. Hey, um, you know, the, there were some men uh, talking about terrorism tonight, and uh, I... Um, I just want to point out a few things is that uh, America uh, is pretty new in the world, you know, and, uh, um, you know, the forces of um, Muhammad uh, took over most of uh, southern Europe in the uh, True. around uh, 900s. Yeah, yeah. And uh, th- this war is an old war. You know what I mean? Well, okay. Do you, call it, do you call it a war? Not... Excuse me? Do we call it a war? Because I don't, I don't call it a war. 
Uh, unless you know, under the United States Constitution, I wouldn't call this a war because I think I'm doing a disservice to anybody who's in the military, and I'm contributing to the uh, misapprehension of Americans thinking that we are at war because we're not at war. Well, you see, you see, uh, um, I'm talking about the Great War. The, I'm, the, not the about, I'm not talking the, about Iraq or Afghanistan. I'm the great religious, the great war. religious and cultural conflict of the centuries. Right. Okay. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, this. Um, these people that don't understand, they think, you see, um, little children grow up to be men to fight you. So if you can take them out early, then you don't have to fight them later. So are you, they're easier targets when they're children. Are you recommending that we go and kill all the Muslim children? No. No, okay. I'm just saying that when you want to understand what these men did on, on 9-11, you have to understand that they're, they're practicing... Um, um, Oh, I that see. Uh, total art of war. Right, right, right. You well, what do that? you think is the proper response to that? Hold on, but don't answer the question. We'll bring you back. Ah. Yeah. Uh, 800-259-9231. And uh, you can give us your opinion on this whole uh, war on terrorism thing. It's Mark with you. And guard. 800-259-9231. That's right. It is Free Talk Live, and we're coming to you live Saturday night. Give us a call at 1-800-259-9231 and uh, talk about whatever you'd like to talk about. And we were just talking to Fod about terrorism and the Great War and uh, between Muslims and, I don't know, I guess the rest of the world. Fod, are you still there? Yeah. Um, the Muslim world laughs at America. I mean, you, you, your attempts to war and then negotiation war and then and then you just give it up and then you just move out like in vietnam mm-hmm. you know i mean you with me uh, yeah I'm, I'm with you that uh partially that uh, i think you're heading towards a, a destination that would lead towards a greater control of my or, or squelching of my liberties by the federal government and expansion of the federal government and the guys are protecting me where in fact the federal government has Helped bring about the death of 3,000 people on 9-11 seven years ago, and uh, bring about probably the deaths of many more when the Islamists start to turn towards us, and they have an even greater excuse because we've meddled in the Middle East even more. How would you respond? You're, right. You're exactly right. It's ridiculous to think that 19 men with box cutters took over those airlines and crashed them into buildings without um, sending up missiles to knock them down. If the United States is, is so weak that it can't knock a 747 out of the air, what can it do if, uh, say, China, Russia, Iran, or Pakistan decide to launch a, a, a nuclear warhead towards the United States? They're helpless. Well, I, I don't, I don't think that's exactly right, Fod. Now, th- now, hold on a second. You've got to look at the world from the, the eyes of pre-9-11. And at that time, when an airline was hijacked, an air, airliner was hijacked, you'd go spend the, spend the afternoon on the tarmac in Havana, and then everybody gets to go home later on that day. I mean, it, it, you know, here in America, as far as hijacking went, you just kind of, you know, let the hijackers do whatever they wanted, and then, you know, you you made it home to your family. Now I I'm think sorry, that people but on the news every night, um, you can watch in in Lebanon, or you can watch in Algiers, or you can watch in Israel um, as they they destroy Palestinians, as Palestinians uh, launched Intifada um, and killed over um, mm. was it two thousand Israelis with bus bombings and, and sniper attacks. You, you, you don't understand um, a suicide bomber. He's freeing his soul. 
and he has he has no regard towards the human life that he takes, and he is not worried or or that see Allah will direct him to his target. He doesn't have to worry about uh, being interrupted. Well, fine. We had a caller. I don't know earlier. what that gobbledygook means, but well, I suppose it, they believe it. Yeah, we had a caller earlier who was talking about the cultural incorporation and and possible takeover uh, of Muslims uh, throughout uh, Western Europe, and the United States has you know got to recognize this as as possible trouble. How would you address this problem? Uh, whether it's, it's the cultural problem, problem or the control. eternal conflict, how do we how do we deal with this? Who has a stronger will? Yeah, Obviously, you're you're just Western, asking a question with, with another question. I'm so. Are you saying that we need to go uh, ahead, Mark? Uh, Fod, here's what I don't understand. Look, we have a choice in this uh, war on terror as it is. We can either a leave alone the people that uh, you know that, that haven't done anything to us and let them figure out how they govern themselves out there in the Middle East, where we don't have any you know none of our 50 states are are involved. Or we can wipe out everybody who's a Muslim. Anything in between is going to be failure. Now, I don't... Impossible. There's Muslims all over the world. And in one edict, from, uh, from Pakistan to Indonesia to Saudi Arabia to the Netherlands, in one edict, over one night, one imam can decide exactly how he wants to wage this war. And you can do nothing about it because you have to work through the governments of those countries in which the Muslims have to only work through the mosque. That's very interesting. So, so we're, all gonna, saying, we're all going to die beneath the scimitar, scimitars of the you, uh, Muslims? It, well, let, let me let me ask. Do you think, Fad, that if uh, Americans, with their instinctive desire to live, uh, to live, and the American economy, the United States economy, uh, if those people were free to act according to their instinctive desire to live, to work with, uh, say, airlines, to provide with their own protection paradigms, and if we were able to operate in a fashion that was not squelched by the government so much, we'd be able to respond more quickly to these these decentralized threats that are operating strictly through the Islamic religious terrorist networks? Listen, your women are out of control. A Muslim man could, could do, can, can kill his daughter if she wears the wrong clothes. Here in America, all the girls are wearing the wrong clothes, and they're having babies and they're aborting them. This would never happen in a Muslim world. You see, you can't even control your own women. How hold on, wait, 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 hold on, bring up a lot of pretty I, uh, intense stuff, that's, but there are no fine. answers. Now, Fod, the fact that a woman has two X chromosomes, I don't feel gives me the right, and the fact that she was born from me. Do, do I have the right to kill my son? Hey, women have cured 45 million babies in America. What the hell are you talking about? We're it's going, a damn question, Bod. Do, yeah. do I have the right to kill my son? If you wanted to, you could. Okay. It would be no better now, than the worst. Now, I, I just wanted to make sure that, um, that, that I, I was hearing you correctly. Do I have the right to kill you? Uh, does anybody have the right to kill anybody? I'm not well, condoning that. Now I'm you're getting into rights theory. That America is lost. It cannot control its women. Its women abort babies because they're inconvenient because of their careers. If you cannot control your women, how are you going to control the Muslim tide that's coming here? Uh, let me ask you, you this, Fod. Fod, 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 let me ask you this. Uh, do you think that the Muslim tide that is coming here would be able to deal more appropriately with women by, for example, allowing them to be stoned if they were raped, forcing them to have to wear certain types of attire so they don't attract the eyes of men who aren't their husbands? Would that be a better a better resolution and make us stronger? Six hundred million Muslim. Women I asked you a question. Fod, Fod, let me answer. Fod, Fod, I asked you a question. 
and you could answer it directly if you like. Not with this government. It, it, this government will have to be. Um, this government would have to become fascist, and then it would have to be taken over by Muslims, and right. then 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 it, it would be like other Muslim nations. I live here in America because I want to live free. I like it. I don't okay. want to live by Sharia law. Right. I don't want. I don't want to have to uh, worry. How do we answer Mike, this problem? I, I, excuse me, Fod. I'm I'm not worried at all about uh, you know Sharia law coming down in the United States or uh, Muslims coming over here and uh, trying to enforce their will on us because we have they something have. called the. They they, they've got you to change. I've got a shotgun war. at my house. If somebody tries to enforce their uh, bizarre ass religion on me, I'm going to take care of that. Yeah, Fod, do you think that there's a, a, enough of a remnant of individual individual liberty and individual freedom here for us to be able to fight these these problems that have been mixed up with the United States government uh, here in the United States, or do you think it's a lost cause? Well, like you said before, 19 Muslims um, hijacked some airplanes, and now America Allegedly. has less less freedom, yeah. less liberties. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, 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 if every time some Muslim does something um, in the war, um, it, it, it say, say he, ta- he grabs a uh, Greyhound bus, and all of a sudden now every Greyhound bus has to be stopped sure. on the road, or, or say he, he uh, puts uh, poison in, in fruit, and all of a sudden not. I mean, it, you cannot win this war if you fight it this way. Right. You cannot, you, cannot win, uh, you, you cannot win, win a domestic war, a guerrilla war, by trying to break, break down the freedoms. Uh, I totally agree with you, Fad, and I'm going to go on to some other callers, but I, I have to entirely agree on that point. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go to to Eli in South Carolina. Eli, you there? Eli, I'm here. Hey, Eli. How's Hello. It going? You know, I gotta admit, this is this is the first time I've, I've turned this radio station on uh, or this, this program on. Uh-huh. And I was calling in to respond to Paul and her crazy, whacked out ideas. And then I just spent the last <laughs> ten minutes listening to Fod. And I, you know, it's from it's from one Hold the line. to the other, and they wonder why there's a war going on between them. Hold on, man. Hold the line. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's Free Talk Live live on a Saturday night, and uh, go check out uh, the wiki at wiki.freetalklive.com, and you can see over six hundred pages of uh, listener-generated content. And I believe Paula actually has her own page on the wiki at oh, yeah. wiki.freetalklive.com, and you can uh, see just uh, some of the uh, inanity that has gone on. Um, and Eli, you were commiserating with me at just how... Uh, oh, Eli's gone. Oh, Sorry. Um, Eli was had called in, and he was commiserating at just uh, how crazy some of the calls that we've had um, this evening. And, you know, that's that's what happens. Interesting. Yeah, that's yes. what happens when you do a show where anyone can call in about anything. And um, we had uh, Fod on uh, not too long ago. And he was talking about how uh, he loves America and the freedom, but he's he he sounded like he might be Muslim, and that we were all going to fall under the sword of the uh, uh, of, of Islam because America's too weak. Funny, strongest military ever, um, but but weak because of government, which is it was a, it was an interesting sort of. Uh, 
I, for some reason, I kept thinking of Byzantium, Byzantine. I was it was all over, but it was interesting uh, in the end to well, sort I think of get that, a take. Yeah, you know, along that line, that uh, there hasn't been a republic that in, in the history of the world that's mm. lasted 250 years, mm. and I, I think that this republic uh, is growing into such a large, uh, has such a large government and such a sort of fascist slash socialist state yeah. that. Maybe, um, you know, maybe maybe we aren't going to see uh, the Republic in another 50 years. I don't think we're looking at the Republic now. I think well, it's we, uh, we, Republic we by vote. name only. We get to vote, um, um, and that sort of indicates a Republic, right? I mean, even if the, uh, even if the people voting believe in a fascist state, it, yeah. it's still a Republic if people get to vote, right? I mean, uh-huh. it's, Republic means of the people, same as democracy, by the way. If people, I think, people I think that say that there's a difference between democracy know, it's, and it's Republic, very, not It's much. interesting you should look at it that way, um, because if you look at the non-constitutional bureaucracies that have been created, uh, I wouldn't call those Republican. Uh, the central banking system, I wouldn't call that Republican. Right. Oh, absolutely. The state, uh, the, the, the state is getting more and more fascist, yeah, mercantilist the in the state. Yeah, so maybe we have a, 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 it's a rhino nation, Republic in name only. There you go. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's fascinating. It's very interesting. And it's, it's just getting worse and worse. I don't see how... Uh, we're going to be able to solve the problems if we continue looking at guys like McCain and Obama. We open up the show by them saying that on the anniversary of 9-11, what did they ask for? They asked for us getting more in- involved in government programs, the national service idea. And, of course, we need to remind people, don't forget what John McCain said throughout his entire speech of the Repu- Republican National Convention. What did his uh, heartfelt expression of what he went through in Vietnam lead to? Yes, I am less important than the nation, and it everything is for country, See, country I, first. Am I a bad person because I want to secede from the United States? <laughs> I want my state, uh, of the state of New Hampshire, and, and honestly every other state as far as I'm concerned, to secede. I believe be that the great. United States government, although a good try at liberty um, and one of the freest countries still in the world – has just gotten so big and monolithic and regulatory, and it's hurting people around the world. And I just, I, I'd rather try for liberty in some other way. I don't think that there's any any saving this snowball that is rolling down the big government hill towards the <laughs> bottom, which is uh, communism or fascism. I haven't figured out which um, which we're going towards. We've got, you know, uh, Robert Higgs is a terrific writer who wrote the book uh, Crisis and Leviathan. He said that uh, we have a sort of soft fascism now mixed with socialism. And uh, people don't really see it. They don't notice it. And it is. It's like the, the frog in the pot. You know, where the, it's getting real hot and nobody seems to notice anymore. Well, we got a call come in here. Uh, let's take Dave in Montana. Dave. Hello, Mark. How are you, sir? All right. Hey, uh, you just said we have the vote. But it depends on what you vote for. If you don't vote for what they want, they'll just send the government dressed up like terrorists and rage it. And we've seen the example of that in California. Yeah. You're right. The, the, the people of California medical- voted point. to have medical marijuana more than 10 years ago, and the DEA, the federal DEA, is going in and raiding medical marijuana dispensaries. They put masks on. Yeah. They put yeah. masks on, what, loaded M16s, walk they, in, they steal, steal the pot, they steal the drugs, pot, they, they steal the, the money, yeah. and they don't, uh, they don't compensate them for it. They don't charge them with anything, you would think. But th- they voted on it. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's incredible. I'm with you. So, and so you know, what's that mean? Only if you vote what they want you to vote on. You know, that's, that's a great example. Uh, around New Hampshire, Dave, uh, a lot of the folks who have been involved with New Hampshire Common Sense who have been trying to push for uh, decriminalization of marijuana, at least, uh, and this year they're working for medical marijuana, they, they sort of uh, followed McCain around and said, hey, do you believe in federalism? Oh, absolutely. I, I definitely believe in federalism. Good. Then will you stop the unconstitutional anti-federalist drug war? Uh, 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 no, of course not. We can't have that. Uh, people might uh, no. I mean, it's just such utter ludicrousness. It's just so stupid to hear these people come out with such bits of hypocrisy. You know, and it's it's like eighty percent of America believes that um, uh, doctors should be able to prescribe marijuana to their patients. But if that, they... that creates a monopoly, and then the federal government threatens the doctors if they put their name on that. Uh, permission slip that's mm. all it is mm. that they'll come after their house and they'll come after their business at her insurance companies and well stuff. i i, I and think so medical marijuana is a step in the right direction sign it i think i think every uh person who's an adult deserves to be able to smoke marijuana if that's what they want to be able to do that's their right as far as i'm concerned but um i think it's that a medical marijuana is a step cannabis. in the right direction it's about to plant cannabis. It will feed you, clothe you, house you, and yeah. fuel you. It, it extrudes independence. Right. That's this, why, this war on drugs has stopped Americans from being able to grow industrial hemp, which can't get you high ever, and all the, the great uses that hemp has. And it's just, it's just a plan to put money in the pockets of bureaucrats in the federal and state and local levels. Yeah. That's all it is, yeah. just to it's, feed it's the, the police state. It's about corruption, also to fund their uh, their their evil, more evil. That's what it is. It, they raid places, the wrong place, and kill grandmas oh, and, yeah. and stuff. And 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 only took seven guys on St. Valentine's Day, seven bad guys to get killed for them to you know lift the law of. Uh, Prohibition, and but but yet what? Four thousand a year die in the drug. Two thousand innocent. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. They got they got two point two million people in jail. Something like a million, eight hundred thousand of them are just for marijuana. Well, and you know, Dave, it takes That's, a while. That, those, those numbers are correct. Those are great numbers. It takes a while to, to educate people about some of these things. And you know, people operate in this sort of a comfortable haze where they say they hear things that sound like uh, upholding law and order. Well, I think you can have order without law. And I think the more you can express that people can create their own order through their own voluntary associations, if they're not doing something that is dangerous or threatening to another person, you should be free to be able to do it. And ingesting a certain chemical that is going to have a psychoactive effect on your mind is not bringing direct harm to anybody else. And so the government, whether it's state or federal, but if we're operating under the constitutional paradigm, especially the federal government, should not be involved. Everyone with a half a brain knows alcohol is much more dangerous than cannabis could ever be. Yeah, but yeah, you well, see you're dealing who, who with Congress. What you're dealing with. Yeah, he mentioned and, half a brain, and you're talking congressmen, so they're not right and, up to that level yet. And if and if the people see that you could use, like in these state, the 14 states that legalized the medical marijuana, we use the initiative system or the docket, you know, the democratic system like they want to spread around the world we used it the people vote on it 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 works 
but then they're demigrated oh. by people that espouse the same that's, freedom that was demonstrated by these pots. D- that's an excellent and, point. You know what? If you remember, remember with Charlie Gibson interviewing Sarah Palin the other night, and he said, do you believe in the Bush Doctrine? Part of the Bush doctrine is to spread democracy around the globe because he thinks that that will make it safer for Americans. While they're trying to spread democracy around the globe, let's take a a little note from what you just said. Democratically, people have voted on initiatives all around the United States. How about allowing for democracy to occur in the United States for the decriminalization of medical marijuana if they're so much in favor of democracy? 800-259-9231. Free Talk Live. Make the call. Free Talk Live, live this Saturday night, coming to you, 800-259-9231. Check out the uh, live stream there at freetalklive.com. If you're just listening to this show on Saturday night, first time hearing it, you can hear us six nights a week from 7 to 10 Eastern Time at freetalklive.com or, you know, quite a few stations around uh, the country, but some only carry us on Saturday nights. And it's Mark with you. And Guard. And Guard is uh, sitting in with me. My normal uh, host, Ian, is out. Yep. And uh, Guard, tell them about uh, your website real quick. Thank you, my man. Uh, if people are so inclined, they can hear my program by going over to libertyconspiracy.com. Libertyconspiracy.com. You can bookmark it, and you'll see uh, files of the show that are available. You can get downloads at through Podomatic. I just found out we're the number nine uh, political show on Podomatic, which is really good. And uh, you can also uh, find out how to find my book over there if you're so inclined. And I have an essay that's in another book uh, about uh, the television series uh, Serenity, uh, Firefly and the movie Serenity from Joss Whedon, which is a real libertarian-minded show. So it's libertyconspiracy.com. You'll see stuff about our guests and uh, another pretty cool, hip, happening, pro-liberty stuff, baby. I'm all for it. Yeah. Let's go to John in New York. John? Hi, Mark. How are you? Uh, yeah, you said earlier that you thought that medical marijuana was a good route to go uh, for for legalization. I did. I mean, it seems it seems to be a step in the right direction. Yeah, but you look at what they did in California, where now it's only a handful of doctors, and then it can only come from uh, this official dispensary, which they raid. I don't know if you're aware, but I think in Massachusetts they've got question two coming up on the ballot, which uh, question one is the income tax, and question two is actually. Uh, decriminalization of uh, one ounce or less of marijuana. Yeah, I heard about that. It sounded pretty interesting. And it looks like Massachusetts might uh, might beat you guys to the punch there. Uh, uh, you haven't really moved the ball much in New Hampshire yet, have you? Um, they've they, yeah, it hasn't gone far. We've gotten it introduced in the House and generally gets shot down. Yeah, they they were able to get it to pass the House last year. Um, uh, Matt Simon was really behind that. He's a real good guy over at the New Hampshire NH Common Sense folks. Uh, so they were able to get it through the House, but the Senate shot it down. They they couldn't make it through the Senate. So now they're going to try a different tack and try to go with uh, medical marijuana. They were it wasn't a total decriminalization last year either, my friend. It was uh, sort of like a you know if you got busted with a very small amount. It That's was this year. Last use. year was total decrim. No, no. Last year, this year is going to be medical marijuana. Uh, the last this year is 2008. Yeah, yeah. This this next session that starts that starts now. Yeah. yeah, 2008 into 2009. The 2007 into 2008 one was uh, just a slight change so that it w- you wouldn't be nailed for a small possession. 
Right. Well, according to the Sensible Marijuana Policy Institute, when I was reading about this one, uh, they say it's pulling a 70% in Massachusetts. I don't know if that's believable, but if you if you could do it through a ballot initiative, you wouldn't even have to uh, touch medical marijuana. Can you do ballot initiatives in the state? And uh, why, why don't you just go for a state ballot initiative? Can't can't do no them. ballot initiatives yeah. in New Hampshire. Oh, okay. Yeah. You gotta go to the yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they've they've thought about trying to introduce ballot initiatives in the state, uh, but you know one of the things that's fascinating is if you look at the state constitution in the state. Don't forget, of New Hampshire, Florida um, had the bullet train as a ballot initiative, um, and, you know, yeah, es- right. essentially a ballot initiative. The simple fact that uh, you can enact democracy and uh, you know <laughs> the tyranny of the majority doesn't make it a good thing. Yeah, and, and and you know I think the people who founded the state and the people who founded the United States they didn't think that government was going to be disallowing so many of these things. I mean, you've got the contract clause in the federal constitution. To me, if I wanted to go out and buy something from somebody and I wasn't harming anybody else, the United States contract clause would mean that I had the right to be able to get into a private contract with somebody else and government wouldn't infringe on it. But unfortunately, the state of New Hampshire does it, the federal government does it, and you're right, you know, uh, now people are trying to do ballot initiatives just to try to rejigger things and rebalance that, that tilting scale. It's a totally messed up scale right now. Well, I hear you got a lot of uh, people running there on the so-called liberty ticket there. So maybe after 08, they'll have a different balance in the in the state. Yeah, it yeah. looks like uh, there's 150 uh, NHLA sponsored peoples that made it through the primary, and I think that that's going to be huge. Thanks, okay, John. well, I'll be I'll, I'll be watching, and uh, hope, hopefully you'll be successful. Have you signed Have you signed up for the Free State Project yet? Oh, uh, not yet, not yet. But you know, this it. week is the week to do it. You can help kids and, with cancer and sign up for the Free State Project. I'm aware of that. I'll consider it. Uh, well, you know, can't uh, have liberty if libertarians won't sign up for the Free State Project. <laughs> Thanks so much, right. John. Uh, let's go to Jerry in Austin. Jerry? <laughs> Greetings. How's your evening? Good, sir. Great, man. I started some 16 years ago on a quest to end the drug war. I had bought Jack Herrer's book, The Emperor Wears No Clothes, which is a scathing, exceedingly well-documented expose of the fraud against marijuana. Mm. And anyone who wants something very hard in a court case telling exactly how safe marijuana is should read the decision by Judge Francis L. Young, an administrative law judge for the DEA. It was either 1982 or 88 and the case was Alliance for Cannabis Therapeutics versus DEA. And the ruling by the administrative law judge against the DEA was scathing for what is going on. Wow. So what, um, what did it result in, though? Well, what it resulted in was this wonderful ruling about the safety of marijuana, uh, about the medical usages of it that had been well proven and et cetera and et cetera, but it still came down to the head of the DEA. It was his prerogative whether or not to move it from one schedule to a safer schedule, which the DEA head man refused to do in a rather exacerbating way. Hmm. Yeah, you know, they, the, the fact is the war on drugs 
really is the war on marijuana because it is bulky, stinky, and it's prevalent, and they can uh, charge all the marijuana smokers out there with fines, and marijuana essentially finances the war on every other drug, and the DEA is never going to give it up. The government, the politicians, the uh, police, are they're never going to give it up because they know that it pays their paychecks, and that many of them, we wouldn't have any use for them if they weren't manufacturing crimes like possession of marijuana, so, you know, they know they'd have to go out and get jobs where they, you know, uh, serve the community instead of uh, locking people up that haven't hurt anybody. Well, I filed a lawsuit. I've studied law for a long time. It's in Austin here now in the district court. There was so much filed against it by the Department of Justice, I filed about two and a half inches of paperwork back. The judge looked at the size of the lawsuit, gave it to the magistrate for his opinion. The magistrate, after some weeks' time, was not really in favor. It's now before Judge Lee Yackel and waiting on the decision. If the decision is positive, the drug war is over. We get our civil liberties back, and I hope to God I get a positive ruling. Well, And if anybody out there knows Keith Strop of normal, tell him to get his butt down here. So this is going to stop it on a federal level or a state level? Oh, yes. Well, yes. I hope the best for you, but uh, you know, I, I just can't imagine that they're actually going to let the court system um, here that's supposed to be for you know, us and for the people actually let it uh, you know, put all these uh, drug warriors out of jobs. I just can't imagine. Well, I don't know, but I put it before the court with Jack's book, a lot of Thank other you for documentation, that. argument, and I am hoping, like heck, to get some reason, rationality, sensibility, and an end to the profiteering and jailing people on the basis of lying about drugs. God no, bless that's you. Great. Thanks for calling well, in, Jerry. I appreciate that. 800-259-9231. You can call in and talk about terrorism or medical marijuana or marijuana in general, whatever you want to talk about. A lot of Free people doing work all over, Mark, man. It's unbelievable. And uh, I'm thinking of Louis Armstrong singing What a Wonderful World. <laughs> How great that would be. We'll see. I'm with you. Let's go to, uh, we were talking about the uh, Republican National Convention oh, and the right summit on. and all that. Yes, yes. Okay. The summit for uh, national service. Oh, yes, yes. Where we all have to be subsumed beneath, uh, not patriotism, but nationalism. And I got some grief one time. I was talking to somebody about this. And they're like, well, you're not patriotic. And I said, listen. Do you have any concept of, of what patriotism is supposed to be in the first place? Is it, you know, it's supposed to be that you understand the uh, the principles upon which the government was based. And you know, I'm not in favor of government in the abstract right. in the first place. But not if you one of those people about... that, that would claim that uh, because I do not support the United States military's foreign adventurism. Oh, not one please. of those people, and, and they think therefore I'm unpatriotic. Not one of those people can, uh, you know, hang with me on Thomas Jefferson quotes, on yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> George Washington quotes, uh, you know, founding father quotes. They just can't no. because they're mindless, lockstep, jackbooted, bumper sticker nationalists. Absolutely, and that's you know, all. And I, I, I got to tell you, the people who are following McCain right now. All you have to do is look at what McCain said he did when he entered the military. He said he swore an oath to protect the nation, defend the nation. Wrong. He swore an oath to defend the United States Constitution. He did the same thing when he entered the Senate. And to say something completely contrary to that shows me where that man stands now. 800-259-9231. Oh, we're, that's it. We're done. Oh, wow. Hey, Mark, this has been great. Thanks. Thanks a lot. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 